All right, guys, we got a big show today. I'm glad you're with me. Uh, you'll be glad as, as soon as you hear uh, the lineup. Uh, first up, coming up, Dr. Yoni Witten. Uh, you remember Ari, uh, his brother. We talked about breathing, all kinds of awesome stuff. Uh, Dr. Witten is a specialist in, in pain reduction, elimination. Three secrets to become pain-free without doctors, drugs, or surgery. I'm definitely intrigued with that, by that topic, and all y'all probably are. You know somebody in pain. Maybe you are in pain. So we've got a webinar coming up regarding that. And our good buddy, our old pal, Morley Robbins, is back and uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of metabolic pathways as it relates to the uh, minerals that are either there or aren't there. So that's coming up. Uh, question, what happened to the common cold? How about our forgotten sacred relationship with food? Um, Novak Djokovic, he won the French Open despite them shutting him down for a year or more because of COVID. And he wouldn't get the jab. Uh, All-time greatest tennis player now as far as winning. Uh, percentage or or uh, the things he's done great guy love that so we uh, let's just uh, dance through the various healing topics today on the air robertscabell.com slash listen uh, share the show please that's all I ask and we'll see you in the chat room as well if you got questions or comments submit them because we do have some questions of the day to get to as well so thanks for being here let's get this healing party started right about now the Robert Scott the Bell Robert show. Scott Bell show The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, there's always loads of controversy when you talk about the difference between men and women. Didn't, didn't used to be so controversial. Wasn't so controversial. Yeah, men, women, different. Uh, but with the height uh, of this bizarre gender dysphoria that has become commonplace among young people, apparently, or the... Uh, uh, the inability to identify biologically, genetically as a male or a female, uh, you know, it should it be this difficult to, to speak about fundamental realities of life in the lower worlds. What do I mean by that? The division between, um, let's say, I would call it the God worlds where all is unity and that which below, uh, below that, where you have the split, you have the light and the dark, the right and the wrong, the light, all, you know, the, the, the world's a duality. You know something because of something's opposite. It's fascinating, isn't it? Uh, when you start looking at it in terms of creation and having male and female and recognizing, you know, as I speak of these controversies, uh, that we all have uh, feminine and masculine components to our personalities. You know, intuition is considered more feminine, but everybody has the potential to tap into intuition. It's not because you're a woman or not that you have it or don't. It's something you can practice as well. Uh, things like compassion and, of course, the warrior aspect of, of, of manliness. You know, that exists certainly in women that can have uh, traits and tendencies toward that aggression occasionally. Doesn't make you as a woman becoming a man or vice versa. It's a recognition that we have those dual uh, uh, you know, sides of ourselves within ourselves. But where it becomes problematic, and this is an understatement, I think, is when we say, well, because I feel this way, I need to now alter the physical body itself, butcher it, and then put people on cancer-causing drugs from the demon spawn of IG Farben, Nazi Germany, and their, you know, their derivatives, if you will, the synthetic uh, patent chemicals 
that are devastating to human health and animal health as well. I recognize this delineation between children and adults, however. If you're an adult and you decide you want to do whatever it is to your body, as bizarre, as brutally painful as I believe it would be, uh, that's your freedom if you believe in freedom. Where we draw the line is the grooming of children, the encouraging of children to be something that they are not. Allow them to have a childhood, allow them to grow up into adulthood, to make those decisions as they move through life and experience life and begin to understand the depths of, of uh, reality and experience po potentials, possibilities, et cetera. Now, I, kind of weird, I didn't expect to even open the, the show like that today. By the way, we have uh, Dr. Yoni Witten for the first time on the Robert Scabell Show. We're going to talk about pain and recovery and overcoming it without drugs and surgeries and things. Is it possible? It certainly it is, but everybody's got to tap into it in a different way. And Dr. Witten's got some unique thoughts on that, experiences with that, and we'll have a webinar we're going to let you know about. Uh, we certainly want you to participate with. And Morley Robbins joining us later talking about mineral deficiencies, mineral pathways. We love to go geek out and egghead out with Morley. Uh, so that's coming up in hour two as well. So what, what was it that stimulated the male-female discussion? Well, in general terms, in terms of physicality and athletics at the highest level, men have the capacity to do things and women can't compete with men head to head in most things. We can go to Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King, of course, that's a whole different discussion, <laughs> but I'm talking about the highest level of athletics. Now, what I do on a fairly almost daily basis when I'm in town, particularly, is I go to the kickboxing gym and there are men and women young and old, or I, I can think I'm one of the older people there, uh, believe it or not. And most of the time, the men can outperform in certain things, but not all things. It's interesting. Now, we're not dealing with the highest level athletes in terms of Olympic caliber, but yet pretty impressive uh, fitness regimen that some of these people are going through. And I mentioned, you know, my my the fun thing I like to do is this challenge of the week to challenge myself, see how well I can do. And, and very often in the gym now, I, I'm winning this. And I won it last week. Uh, and this is of all age groups, male and female. However, certain things I have an advantage. I'm very good at quick, quick at doing certain things and other things I'm not as coordinated at doing. So I can't win every week and it's okay. It's just fun to see that you're improving. So this Monday, yesterday was the challenge of the week, max out challenge. And in that challenge, you go full bore for all nine rounds various different exercises for all nine rounds. You just count the reps each time and add it up. And what you get is the finale. And that's, you know, as far as the competition goes. And uh, I, I did fairly well. I think I improved over the last time I did it. Each time I'm getting a little better, even at yes, at 57. And I was pleased with it. Although when I walked into the gym, Amanda, one of my friends there, it goes and it works. She's like disappointed that I showed up because sometimes I can beat her, but sometimes she could beat me. And in this case, she beat me by, I don't know, 20 reps over nine rounds. I'm like, that's cool. So I got beat by a woman. No problem. <laughs> she is 17 years younger than me, <laughs> if that counts for anything. And then I go in today and I look up the wall, Kiki, someone else I've mentioned, who might only be about eight or nine years younger than me. She kicked both of our butts. So over 2,000 reps in nine rounds. Uh, so the, the lines of differences in physicality in terms of men and women in, in general can be blurred in terms of athletic prowess and capacity. It's not all men are better than women in everything or vice versa, but there's always that element of, hey, you know what? If you work consistently hard, 
more than another person, various age groups, uh, various uh, history of med medical conditions or not. Again, it's not always going to be cut and dry and clear like that. But I just, you know, I was going to ask Super Don because we we talked about this with um, uh, Jamie Dorley this week. You had some experience with this thing called creatine, and I was very much uh, averse to doing creatine in terms of working out, building muscle. Although I have built muscle up to where my baseline is much higher than it was in terms of my body weight from work, you know, working out consistently over time, and I'm making some strides. And this is before he sent me this super creatine stuff that answered the problem or concern I had with creatine and kidney issues and stuff. And he's really, uh, they did a good job in formulating this. So I'm actually considering it, but I don't want to get so big that I scare people away. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, it's not steroids. I'm a little nervous here. I think you're going to be okay. You okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so super Don, what happened to the common cold? Now that I switched gears with you on the air, you remember when we used to get a cold in the ba back in the good old days. Back in the day when a cold was a cold. Yes. Nobody panicked. Nobody said, pandemic. Nobody, you know, shoved things up your nose no. or said, now you have to isolate from the world for weeks to months. And, you know, like my dad's generation, when I grew up, asked him about his childhood, knowing that I was chronically ill from the day I was born through my 24th year when I when he turned things around. And I asked dad, what was it like when you were a kid? Was everybody sick like me? Your son, dad, huh? And he's like, no, we had a cold or a flu once in a while and we'd be down for a day or two or three, maybe. And we'd be back on it like nothing ever happened. We say those were the good old days that you and I didn't exist in. Now they like have to name everything as if it's like the harbinger of, you know, the, the angel of death. It's not enough to you. It's not a cold. We have to name it. And then the CDC is talking about, you know, naming something like Arcturus. Arcturus, the Arcturus virus. It's an Omicron subvariant, and it's it's really responsible for almost twenty percent of all new COVID cases. I mean, is this what we're dealing with now? We is are, and and, and, and and for what purpose? It's uh, it's funny because you read this, and they're like, just Arcturus. Not clear on that. I'm working with my headphones here. I just went blank. Oop. There, super D. Can you hear me? Hold on. Check, 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 check. Yeah, I'm good. It's you. It's not you. It's not you. It's me. You know how oh, that okay. It's, it's not, not a, it's not you. It's me. It's me. It's all. Oh, is this a breakup? Is that what's I mean, going on here? No, I couldn't hear you. And it was me, <laughs> not you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So it's Arctur Arcturus is the name, name of this uh, XBB.1.16, which I guess Arct Arcturus is easier to see. This film now. Come it on. is R2D2C3PO. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so apparently this was responsible for 18% of the new coronaviruses over the yeah. past two weeks. And how do they know this? Uh, could it be PCR? Could they probably. be using yes, PCR? The the you know the the, the very test Carrie Mullis says is not appropriate for determining uh, acute or uh, infect or even chronic infectious uh, causation. In other words, we've identified there's nothing quantitative about it. You you find this segment or sequence, and you go, oh look, it's that it's that or it's a Buick. We're not sure, but it can't be a Buick, so it has to be this. And so now run for the hills. We've got more reasons to mask. And we talked about the, uh, uh oh, wait a minute. Don't run for the hills. See, no, this no. is the thing. Cause they throw this stuff out in here and they talk about that. It's, it's, uh, you know, behind XBB 0.1.5, yeah. which has been the other strain before now, yeah. but they say that it's uh, more transmissible than XBB 0.1.5. Yeah. Though it doesn't show signs of causing severe, more severe disease. Yeah. So, 
Our I, vulnerability, Super Don, is believing the bullshit not mm. of of the CDC, believing that everything, every uh, uh, molecule of the air contains disease-causing microorganisms that you're just going to die if you're not lucky. Forget the immune system. You don't have it. Remember we said there's no such thing as an immune system anymore. Take the shot, even if it doesn't work. Just take it, boost it. And then the Biden administration yesterday, we find they released a thing for the NCAA champions visiting the White House. If you haven't been injected with the vaccine that doesn't work, you will have to wear masks and distance. Freaking boneheads don't, doesn't even begin to describe how, how, how much they are behaving like medical morons. The germ theory is the great lie, the deception that leads us into fear of one another, that leads us into isolation and hiding, that leads us into believing that we are vectors, merely vectors of disease, decay, degeneration, and death. And we've taught, not you and me here, probably none of you out there listening to this show or watching it, uh, that uh, you taught your kids that they could breathe and kill grandma. What kind of outrageous thing is that for a parent or, you know, even a grandparent or anybody or a doctor to, to teach kids? Yes, uh, you are uh, just one breath away from killing your loved ones. Think about how cruel and unusual that is to raise people with that belief system. I'm telling you, the medical monopoly has to end. It will die of its own accord as more people recognize if they aren't already dead from it, that they wake up and realize that they are death inducing magnifiers. The medical morons. I, I don't have a lot of, uh, 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 let's say at this moment, is, is it sympathy or empathy? I saw a tweet this morning from a Kelly Victory, MD, a Dr. Kelly Victory, who I'd like to have on this show, in fact. And I think I sent it to you and Kevin just so you, maybe we can reach out to this person. It was on Twitter. And she says this, and she's a medical doctor, okay? If this means anything to you. Doctors weren't duped. They caved. They sold out. I didn't say what I said from the very beginning because I'm a good guesser, because I have a crystal ball. I said it because it's what we have known for decades. It's what the science has always shown. Stop covering for the weak, the gutless. They knew better. And she hashtags facts, not fear, and right side of history. Now, that's a doctor I can respect because there are many that are apologizing for these doctors. Well, they were duped. They didn't know. I'm like, Look, I'm a homeopath. I'm not supposed to be able to know anything, right? According to the doctors, because homeopathy isn't real. And I've been reading peer-reviewed literature on subjects of interest to me for decades now. And I know some stuff. That doesn't make me better or worse or smarter or dumber. It just says, hey, you know, I've applied the critical thinking skills that I have, my inclinations to be a little bit eggheady, I admit it, and to learn stuff and apply what I learned, even through the peer-reviewed articles that are, that are out there. Not all of it's bunk. Certainly a lot of peer review is sham, as we know that, as it relates to focusing on the medical monopoly and promoting an agenda of every symptom, ailment, illness, emotion is evidence of an FDA-approved drug deficiency, which is absurd. We do not have drug deficiencies. We have nutrient deficiencies. We have fat deficiencies. We have fat phobia. And that may be playing a role in some pain out there for anybody that is in pain, your fear of fat. But fear in general, fear specifically, that's what we're talking about here. A cold is not a cold. Now it's a deadly whatever it is because the CDC says there's a test for that, even if it's not quantitative, even if the test is crap, even if it's an emergency use authorization with no valid standard throughout the world. I imagine my guest this hour might know something about this. 
He's a doctor of chiropractic. And in his focal point, we'll learn about in addressing issues like pain. Now, you know, I've talked about this. I've had many DCs on the, on the air with me over the years. Doctors of chiropractic, in my humble opinion, are not back doctors. <laughs> They're doctors that understand the frame of the body, the, the, the vertebrae and nerve flow, et cetera, that review or release, if you will, once they review and assess impingement, nerve flow, opening up the body's innate intelligence to heal itself. Now, there's a lot of offshoots of chiropractic, a lot of different perspectives on it, and I respect that everybody's got a different view. I am not a DC. I married one who's retired, uh, but I'm always fascinated with the subject of pain because, as I said many times on this show, over a decade, now 12 years, my wife has suffered with trigeminal neuralgic pain that hasn't fully resolved. We've found ways to manage it. She's still alive, yet that's the suicide pain, and there are days where it's rough, and there are days where... Mm. So I'm very curious as to what Dr... Yoni Witten is going to share with us today and the upcoming event, Three Secrets to Become Pain-Free Without Doctors, Drugs, or Surgery. Dr. Yoni Witten here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Welcome, my friends. Good to see you. And we know your brother. First time we're meeting you. Thank you for having me, Robert. You got it. And you're in the jungle somewhere, so apologies for the out-of-sync audio video, but we can hear you fine. Uh, and I'm just curious as can be as how you went the direction you did in terms of chiropractic, you know, not everybody chooses that there had to be something in your life that said, that's where I want to go. And then it evolved to everything else. Well, it's to the point that you just made about chiropractic. Really. It's, it's the way a chiropractor views the human body and health in general. So when I was a little kid, um, I had a golf ball sized lump growing out of my neck here. I was three or four years old. And my parents took me to the medical doctor. They were obviously very concerned, like anybody with kids knows. And the medical doctor stuck a needle in it, drained it, it went flat. Everybody thought that everything was good with the world, but then it came right back. A day or a few days later, big mm -hmm. golf ball sticking out of the side of my neck. My parents are freaked out. They take me back, they drain it a second time. We didn't get it all the first time, right? Mm -hmm. Then it comes back and my parents are like, this isn't working. So they take me to the specialist. And if I pull this down, you can see that there's a big scar here. As I've gotten larger, it's kind of migrated down on my skin, but it was here sticking out of my neck. And, and they Hold actually- on, show that again. I want to go full screen to, to she, see this. Let me see if we can see it. It's a little so blurry, because, but yeah, I see there's some, some, some difference in terms of that area of your body. So that history is very real. That's about five inches long of scar tissue. Wow. So that, that was taken out when I was 40 years ago. <clears throat> Man. And uh, my dad tells this very powerful story. I have young children now of my own. So uh, of the surgical staff coming to take me out of his arms and I was holding on to his beard and screaming. Mm. And, you know, obviously a very traumatic event for everybody involved. Um, but then it came back. Believe it or not, it started growing back. And my parents took me to see a chiropractor. Now, this is not one of those woo-woo stories where a chiropractor did a magical adjustment and it made it go away. <laughs> mm -hmm. But this does highlight what I think is the most important thing about chiropractic, which is the way they view the body. Because that chiropractor started asking my parents all types of questions about what is this kid eating? Mm. And they did an elimination diet. And they figured out that I was highly sensitive to refined sugar, who isn't, mm. and 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 um, pasteurized dairy. They took me off of those things 
went away, never came back. You had surgery because you went to the wrong doctors. That was it. And, and, and I'm telling you folks, we have been raised in the West, particularly in America, but in the West to believe that only real doctoring are the MDs. And if you want to see something or someone else, you should go to them first and then they might recommend something that they've been told is, well, not real. For instance, the entire history of allopathic medicine in the, a modern sense, if you've ever read Divided Legacy by Harris Coulter or uh, understand the Flexner Report of 1910 and realize the entirety of the monopoly system was to eliminate any competition. And, and a lot of the holistic or, uh, uh, let's say, non-reductionist ways of thinking in terms of vitalistic views of the body, homeopathy, naturopathy, chiropractic, even though chiropractic works with the physical frame, but it is an acknowledgement of adjusting to allow for the free flow of that innate intelligence or life force. We call it vital force in homeopathy. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's one other element to it, which is really interesting, which is the way that it was viewed. So allopathic medicine was viewing it as my body is making a mistake by putting this thing here. Mm -hmm. The chiropractor viewed it as my body is doing this really intelligent thing by taking something that it considers a poison and isolating it so that it can't cause damage and wreak havoc all over my body two completely different views of the exact same thing, mm. but only the approach that the chiropractor was using. And I include that approach in chiropractic, which is dietary modifications to enhance an organism's health. Yes. Makes sense, right? So he, we made those modifications and I was the kid at birthday parties who couldn't eat the cake, but it never came back. Mm. And, and as far as, uh, uh, dietary shifts, you know, as I learned for my own sake, man, I was messed up as a, you know, zero to 24 years of age. Cause I didn't know anything about diet other than I learned about the four food groups. And I of course joked that they were pizza, hot dogs, Coca-Cola and potato chips. Uh, and, and, you know, I was toxic and sick and I, and it wasn't until I met a homeopath that said, Hey, your liver's toxic. You're eating the wrong stuff, clean it up, get it out give the things you need and watch the body heal itself that I opened up to a whole new realm of, of healing. That wasn't a random act of whatever you want to say, but followed spiritual, I would dare say, but yes, physical world um, principles or laws that govern the universe that seemingly are ignored or attempted to be conquered by the allopathic mind. Right. As you pointed out, the, the body's screwing up. No, it's, it's intelligent. It's way smarter than a doctor. It's way smarter than all of us observe it, learn from it. It's telling us something different. And the language a chiropractor, a naturopath or a homeopath learns of the body is quite different from those that have gone through Flexner Report Medical School training. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So in uh, medical school, they, they study pharmacology. In chiropractic, we have classes that cover the same substances, but we call it toxicology. <laughs> exactly. It's very different. Yeah. And the idea of even pathology is interesting. It's just identifying and learning about disease or disease tissue and yeah. not asking so much really the reason it has become diseased, except that we have a drug to suppress that disease symptom and create 10 others, which are very profitable because you keep pre prescribing things to manage the things the drugs didn't do in terms of elimination of cause and the things that they have done because they are the cause of numerous other problems. That's exactly right. I mean, you could very well change the name of those courses to adaptive physiology. Mm -hmm. Very the well. Physiology is being forced to adapt because of something in our environment. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you you definitely were drawn into chiropractic because of your history as a child, even coming through that. That's brilliant. Uh, I, I mean, I just found it wild because mm-hmm. right about the same time this happened, you know, they stuck a needle into a little kid's neck. I've I've had to hold my child down when she had her blood drawn. My first baby. She was a year old. One of the most traumatic experiences of my life to hold my baby down while they stuck a needle in her. Yeah. Awful. She's looking at me with these eyes like, save why, me, daddy. Why they did it to Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they did it to my neck twice. I'm sure my parents had a similar experience. And then there was this story that my dad tells about them taking me out of his arms and I'm holding on to his beard. And all they had to do was change my diet. Now, right around the same time that this happened, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. And they told her, you have six months to live, get your affairs in order. And she gave them a gesture, which I'm not going to show on your on your show here because I <laughs> I want to respect your show. And she said, you don't get to dictate anything in my life when I'm going to live, when I'm going to die. And she rejected chemo. She rejected radiation. And she found a place called the Gerson Institute, which was not an easy thing to do in the early 1980s. She came down to Mexico and she completely resolved her cancer by changing her diet and her lifestyle. So we had these two big events taking place in the family right at the same time. We had a little kid heal his problem using diet and lifestyle. And we had my grandmother heal her problem using diet and lifestyle. So my parents changed the diet of our entire family. We started making long drives into East County in Southern California so we could pick up organic produce from the farm that grew it. We started juicing fruits and vegetables. I remember building a garden with my dad in our backyard. And so all of, I mean, we had our own chickens. We were, we had our own eggs from home. We wouldn't even eat the eggs from a restaurant because they tasted gross to us. So um, the entire family changed our lifestyle practices and our diet as a group based on those two experiences. Wow. Pretty profound. And many people are coming to the same conclusion, hopefully sooner rather than later, but the vulnerability that we, let's say, I say manifested, even though it was always there, uh, came in COVID. I mentioned it earlier, the the fear of germs. Yes. It's also another, I would call it an irrational fear. Others would say, well, it's not irrational because look at, you know, on and on it goes. But look at even the hygiene hypothesis showing that kids that grow up on farms in the dirt and everything have a healthier immune system. It's like, mm-hmm. if germs were the cause of this disease, really, we would all be, we should all be dead. There should be nobody alive because there are more germs in us and we have cells in our body when we talk about bacteria, for instance. And that is obvious, I think, and scientifically valid, I know. Yet we still operate with this modicum of fear that they will exploit whenever they want to by yeah. now claiming strange new names and numbers associated with things that we call the common cold that I would argue are more detox congestion pathways, right? Congested pathways of elimination occasionally when we are encountering things that maybe within us already because we ate the wrong thing, we didn't get enough sleep, we didn't drink enough water, any number of things that occurred, then we all call it, well, no, it's a communicable virus. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. One of the coolest books I ever read was The Curse of Louis Pasteur. Hmm. It's a great, great book, but essentially they present this concept of the seed versus the soil. So germ theory talks about the seed is everything, whereas uh, practices like uh, homeopathy, chiropractic, uh, traditional osteopathy, talk about the soil. The example here, and everybody knows it from their own experiences, if you go on a bus or an airplane and there's a person who has an acute communicable illness, not everyone on that plane will get sick. 
Not everyone on that bus gets sick. Not everyone in my kid's classroom gets sick when somebody comes in sick. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between the people who get sick and the people who don't? Could it have anything to do with how they're eating, how much sleep they're getting, whether or not they're exercising, how much time they spend outside, their vitamin D status, all of these things. Do they have an influence on a person's health? Well, we've got a mountain of evidence showing that, of course they do. It's exactly the case. What's their stress level like? What's their thought processes like? How much stress hormones do they have circulating around in their blood because of the way that they interpret the events in their life? There's so many different things that play into this. Well, the argument that overwhelms your common sense and logic that I perceive you are delivering and I agree with is, but look at all the people that did get sick. And, and it's like, well, no point. Find out why it is that they did. Or the big question, as you point out, why did some that are exposed clearly to all the same stuff not get sick? That's exactly right. So my, my I love the saying, success leaves, leaves clues. Yeah. Let's look at the people who didn't get sick mm -hmm. and let's see what they did right. And then let's copy it. Let's, let's copy the people who were successful, not spend all our time being scared of the people who were unsuccessful, although it makes sense to figure out what they were doing and make sure that we avoid those things. Exactly. So yeah. let's shift the discussion to a symptom known as pain, a body sure. communication that is annoying at the mildest sense and more devastating to the point of maybe suicide in the worst case scenario. And they're in a wide variety. And, and, and we know that everybody has a different tolerance level or threshold to pain. Uh, I, I say in general, women probably are much tougher than men because if men had to give birth, I don't think there would be any babies. Uh, but that's another story. But the addition of understanding that pain is a communication tool and certainly in an acute injury, we, un we all understand what's happening there. There's no mystery. But there's some bizarre ones, including, you know, my wife's case, who had uh, trigeminal neuralgia manifest after dental extractions gone wrong, uh, injury to the nerve. And you think nerves heal, right? They should heal. And yet she's dealing with this neuralgic pain for 12 years now. We have attempted to manage it by very various means. And it's not certainly as bad as devastating as when it initially happened, where uh, I didn't know at times that she would survive it uh, to the point where it still can be annoying because you can be at low levels in the morning and then you put effort to the day of doing various skills that are just kind of normal human things to do. And those pain levels rise again. And it's like this pattern that emerges and can, and it doesn't, doesn't break. Like the thing that I know as a homeopath is that things heal. And yet there are levels of pain that I think go beyond just physical explanation, go into the, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual realm. And maybe that's something as I'm setting the stage for you to take over right now, the various, you know, levels of pain, much less, manifestations in terms of beyond just pure physicality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really an interesting thing. Pain is exactly what you said. It's a communication tool. It's, it's not different from what my body was doing here with the, with the lump in my neck. Mm -hmm. It's the body making an intelligent decision to send a signal about something based on input that it's getting. So the fascinating thing is that pain happens in the brain, regardless of what tissues are injured of the body, the phenomenon of pain takes place in the brain. So what it means is that on a base neurological level, what's coming in is noxious stimuli that's known as nociception. And it doesn't turn into the conscious awareness of pain until it hits something called threshold. So everybody is, has, is familiar with the term of pain tolerance. Mm 
-hmm. The neurological term for pain tolerance is threshold. Once the amount of nociception hits that threshold, we now become consciously aware of it and we start interpreting and attaching emotion and all these other things that you just mentioned to it. And that final output is what's known as pain. There's a lot of different things that play into it, but from a neurological perspective, most of what we experience is just a bulk input of nociception. Mm. Then what happens is when we become consciously aware, your brain is trying to recruit your conscious mind to find a solution to whatever is basically your brain is perceiving as a threat to your survival long-term. So that's why pain is there is to help ensure our long-term survivability so we can stick around long enough to pass our uh, DNA on to the next generation. And um, <clears throat> if your brain perceives that the situation has not changed, it will go through somersaults, Robert. It'll start recruiting all of these energetic resources and stealing energy from other systems in your body to bulk up your neurological pathways, to send more pain signals, to try and get you to aware, uh, be aware of what's happening. So it's like, well, I was talking to you in like at, at room volume or whispering and you're not getting the message. So I'm gonna start talking louder. So it'll make those neural pathways larger. Then it'll actually increase the amount of connectivity in those neural pathways. So think of like a freeway that's plugged up. It'll start like creating like alternate roads so that the traffic, more traffic can get through. It's called synaptogenesis. And then it'll do one of the most amazing things. It'll actually lower threshold. So it's like, you're still not getting it. I'm gonna lower threshold. So less nociception triggers an even greater pain response. Mm -hmm. So it's doing all of these things. It's changing the structure of your nervous system to try and get you to change what input you're putting into the system. Right. Uh, I will give you an example. Uh, I've mentioned this on the show sometimes over the years, uh, years, many years ago, this is back in, uh, gosh, what was it? Early 99. And, uh, we're living in Georgia, my wife and I, and, uh, I was out in the, on the driveway, reaching over to pick up a bike, not particularly heavy, you know, just, just picking up a bike from fall down to just, you know, very easy, simple thing. You know, I'm young, strong, there's no issue. And I go down with the pain of a thousand suns exploding in my low back, like I'd never experienced in my life before. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm on fire. I'm like, this is a pain that's causing me to have tears go. I, I can't live with this pain. Uh, and the short version eventually is like, you know, we, we got to a chiropractor friend of ours who I crawled in in tears and in pain and I was able to walk out. Now I wasn't, I was still up very sensitive to the experience. I'm like, dude, I never want to have that happen again. This is where I don't understand how people that live uh, in that kind of pain, low back pain that they don't figure it out if they can and, and never do it again. I'm like, what, what happened here? What did I do here? And as my wife was describing with her DC background is that a lot of uh, uh, perhaps micro traumas, uh, poor biomechanics over many years, could result in a seemingly innocuous or innocent type of an event that collapses everything. Now that was, that was just a physical ex explanation. The other thing I had to explore honestly is look at myself in the mirror and go, what is going on? You know, what happened here? You know, the, it, the low back went out and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And there was fear associated with this transition in my life from kind of the childhood carefree youth years to now being married going, how do I take care of this and have a family? Uh, financial fears and worries about the future, 
and all of these things. And there are people that have written books about these things. And the low back is the foundation. You, you feel like you're fearing for that, that you don't have the proper foundation and boom, it manifests physically. I'm like, Oh, if that's the case, I'm going to change my belief system now because I don't want to ever have this happen again. And, and thankfully, yeah, I broke that cycle. And then interestingly enough, not about nine months later, or approximately we had our first child, which we had been trying for five years. So there were a lot of things that I would also argue that pain is also a purifier. If you're burning off a karmic debt of some kind that can be used, pain can do that. And I really burnt a lot in the, in the, the days to a week or so that I was in that intensity and then gingerly recovering and strengthening and doing things better. So I share that story uh, maybe just to give you insight to some other things that maybe other people are experiencing and you've experienced in helping them to see the depths of pain being beyond just a physiological reality. Yeah. So within my practice, uh, what I've noticed is that pain can have all those other elements to it. And the longer it's gone on, the higher the likelihood that it will have other elements to it. There'll be history associated with it, memories, mm -hmm traumatic things that go with it. And it all gets tied into this pain package and it's all interconnected with the physicality. But the cool thing, Robert, is that when you start addressing any component of that cycle, you break the entire cycle. So there are more than, there's more than one way to approach these things. You can approach it psychologically. You can approach it, you know, uh, from a, uh, cumulative stress standpoint and just work on lowering your overall stress. But the fastest way that I've found to influence these things mimics the story that you just told where you crawl in in tears and you have all these fears associated with it. But the fastest way to influence that situation, that person upright again is through the physical body. Hmm. You can influence the thoughts that they're having. You can influence the fears that they have by breaking that pain cycle through the physical body. And, and, and it's, it's a very efficient way to do it. I, I agree and resonate with that statement. In many cases, my focal point for helping others to heal, whether it be pain related or not, is to very much focus on the physical frame and what it needs, what it doesn't. And that often removes the obstacles and also makes more apparent or even obvious that which is really the issue when it comes to emotional or even spiritual crises or mental thought forms. Uh, that are often very difficult to address and assess directly because they are being kind of stuffed away and hidden because they're too traumatic. And so it manifests in the physical body. Yeah, very well said. You know, how many hours of therapy would it take to accomplish those things, you know, or uh, versus just going in and the practitioner taking a segment that's been stuck for whatever reason for decades and getting a little bit of motion in that segment. All of a sudden you free up everything that's asso uh, associated with that blockage and it creates an opportunity to get more out of other types of therapies as well. Mm. Well, this is something that is not taught in grade school and high school and even, as you said, medical school, often university level. You have to get, and I don't know how much of what you're talking about is even taught like through your uh, chiropractic curricula, you know, versus what you've done in practice in all the years since then. And I'm curious as to, what that might be. And I guess one of the things, and Super Don has this in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. If you want to follow up, if you or you know somebody that you love or care about is in pain, this is a, a kind of a seminar. Uh, you can get free access to it. It's called Three Secrets to Become Pain-Free Without Doctors, Drugs, or Surgery. Uh, there are bullet points here. New Science of Pain Resolution, How to Reinvent Your Posture, Build a More Youthful Body, 
and of course, Dr. Yoni Witten is uh, hosting this. And I want to ask you a little bit more about why someone would attend this besides the obvious. Are there things that really you're breaking through that you've never heard anybody else present on or hardly anybody that people are going to go, oh, I think I've heard it all and they're not be interested versus no, 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 you're delivering something quite unique here. Yeah. So the, the, the webinar and the pain fix protocol in general focuses on the most common causes of chronic pain in the world. And so you're talking one and a half billion people worldwide that are suffering with chronic pain. And unfortunately, tons of these people are just falling through the cracks of the conventional medical system. And there are lots of different reasons for that. Uh, but, but the issue here is that you're talking about things that are extraordinarily common, back pain, neck pain, headaches, joint pains of various types, osteoarthritis, one and a half billion people. I mean, it's 20% of the world's population. It's absolutely astonishing number. And we've got research that's come out just in the last few years that shows beyond a shadow of a, uh, of a doubt that what conventional medicine is doing for these people is not only not resolving the problem, it's making the problem worse. There was a paper that came out in July of 2022 in a, a journal called Science Transcriptional Medicine, where the researchers did an extensive study uh, on non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which is the most commonly prescribed medication for chronic pain across the board, and corticosteroids. They demonstrated using four different models that these drugs actively interfere with the body's ability to resolve the pain problem. They increase the duration and intensity of a person's pain very significantly. And then they followed up looking at the socialized medicine data bank in the United Kingdom with half a million people. And they found that people who were coming in for pain conditions who received non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs were far more likely to have pain two to 10 years after the fact. So the way that we've been treating these things in conventional medicine is 100% wrong. And we have to start doing it a different way if we're going to have any hope of decreasing the amount of people that are suffering with these terrible problems. Mm -hmm. So this um, event coming up, uh, let me just see when and, and where and how to connect. We have the link to sign up for it in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Super Don, did you send out a newsletter as well with the the link so that people are subscribed to the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter? They have the, the link in the, in the. I did, yes. Okay, uh, and so this event, if you click on it, get the free access. Is this a one-time event that you can tap into? Uh, does it lead to other things? Tell me a little bit about the evolution of what you you you've been doing and developing here to help folks. Yeah, so the event is a standalone um, webinar. People are going to get a ton of useful information that is applicable. They're also going to come away with tools that they can start using the same day to begin chopping down the neurological input that contributes to chronic pain. So they're going to have tools that they can start using right off the bat. For people who want to take a deeper dive into it, we can get into the pain fix protocol, which is the, pro, uh, the program that I created to help address the most common chronic pain issues in the world. And basically it's a choose your own adventure. I'm going to teach people about the foundation of how chronic pain works and manifests in the body. And then we're going to reverse engineer it to help eliminate the chronic pain. And the program has been in place since 2020. I get feedback from the members on a daily basis, Robert, that just, oh man, you know, because you're a practitioner, when a person 
sends you a message or communicates to you that you've influenced their life in a positive way, that you've taken a person. I just got a message from a person who's been in pain for decades. And she said for the first time in five years, she was able to do her household chores and not have any back pain. Mm. I mean, the coolest thing in the world, like it seems little, but yeah. for a person who's been in pain for an extended period of time, to have that in your head weighing on you. You know, somebody described it to me and, and, and I, I took it because it was one of the best descriptions I ever heard is that for a person in pain, it's like the walls of their life close in on them. Their life becomes smaller and smaller. Oh, I can't do that because it's going to hurt me. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't go on vacation. Oh, I can't sit in a car to go see my kids. Their lives become so small that it just destroys a person's quality of life. And that's ultimately why I dedicated my career to, to working with people in chronic pain is because it was the greatest impact that I could have on a person's life. Yeah. Yeah. This morning I was like, honey, you want to come kickboxing with me? And she's like, I, will, I really do want to, but you know, obviously she does it. it like the pain is unbearable for her. What, what manifests the more effort she puts out physically in life and so I'm not giving up as, as long as she's not giving up. And uh, maybe there's some things we can do here and, and learn from you as well. I'm open to it. You know, we, we, our, our running joke is uh, we've tried that. We've tried everything. No, no. Yeah, we've tried everything, but we haven't tried that. You know, that's the thing. You know, every time you think you've tried it all, there's always something more. As long as you're here, there's another gift of possibility for healing, uh, for recovery. And that's what I my message is on this show to everyone that listens to me. And that's why I bring folks on such as yourself that are helping in ways that uh, I'm not aware of completely, you know, in de the depth that you've experienced. Now, uh, this yeah. event is happening live on June 15th, one o'clock Eastern time, 10 a.m. Pacific. And that's Thursday, I believe, this coming Thursday or Tuesday the 13th today, uh, if you're listening or watching live. And even if you, you think you can't attend live because you're working or something, I, I would urge you to uh, sign up for access because maybe, maybe, just maybe, Yoni, you can give uh, access to those that, you know, can watch the replay or something as long as they've signed up for it. Of course we will. Yeah. Uh, so don't think if you can't show up live that you, you I want you to everybody take the moment. Maybe it's share it with a friend at the link, uh, or a loved one that's, you know, kind of given up this and know there's another option and, uh, you know, take, take the time. Uh, it's free to try. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear some of that feedback as well as we move forward and maybe some of it being very personal. Now I got to ask um, the, the the focus point on pain. You've explained why um, a lot of it. I'm thinking there might be another reason. Maybe you can tell me if this is right or not. Uh, we had this other guy called Ari Witten on the show. It looks a little bit like you. Uh, I'm thinking if he might be related, you guys, if you're brothers indeed, you might've beaten each other up in childhood just because that's what a lot of brothers do. And you're like, ow, ooh, ow, I better focus on pain sometime in this life. Cause my bro, <laughs> tell me if there's any, any truth in that history. I'll tell you what. So I'm the big brother and, and I'm, I'm five years his senior. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was delivering. Uh, I was on the delivery end of most of that growing up. He was on the receiving end. But I'll tell you what, it made him pretty darn tough because I don't know if I want to uh, engage in anything like that anymore. You know, the youngest one seems to end up the biggest from yeah. all of those physical attacks. He like it's kind of like what we've been talking about. You know, you put all these uh, traumatic inputs in and the body kind of responds and bulks itself up to make him maybe more intimidating. So that won't happen going forward. It's uh, another uh, characteristic of ensuring survival, I guess. Yeah. Well, Ari's a great guy. He's helped a lot of people out with the breathing uh, discussions we've had. And he's done webinars as well for that. So you guys are a dynamic uh, brotherly duo in your own right doing different things. But 
very complimentary and supportive of uh, what I call natural health and healing. And I, I think it's explicable based on your, your experience with what you described with your parents and your upbringing, what you experienced that you would lend yourself to this direction. And I'm, I'm really glad to connect with both of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I think that uh, both he and I didn't stand a chance. You know, those were inputs that we were receiving from from the time of, I mean, in his case, he came into the world when that was already in place. Um, so he, he he's grown up in it his entire life. And for me, it happened when I was so young that, that I can't remember what it was like uh, to not be eating that way. And my dad would wake me up before school and, and um, my dad was a runner. He would force me to go running with him and then do sit-ups and push-ups before I went to school so that I, I, I would uh, focus more in class and not get into trouble. I basically, you know, like what you do with a, a dog that's too rambunctious is you take them out and you run them, then they don't have the energy to cause trouble anymore. Yeah. So, uh, you know, exercise, being outdoors, uh, clean diet, knowing where our food came from. We grew a lot of our food at home. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, when you come into it and, and you, it just becomes like your childhood lessons that you, you know, so obviously that what you're putting into the system governs mm -hmm. what you get out of the system, you know, input dictates output. And, and we also knew, like we were talking about earlier with uh, distinctions, when we eat like crap or put toxins into our body, we feel like crap the next day. And because we were athletes growing up, both my brother and I, um, you know, we were very interested in what pulling every piece of low hanging fruit that we possibly could to maximize our athletic performance. And we kind of knew obviously that it was tied to health status. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we, this discussion of pain, there's another thing. If you're an athlete, you'll know this phrase. It's a good kind of pain. <laughs> and that differentiates from the kind of pain I suffered with chronically you know, while I was also a young athlete pushing myself through, even though I wasn't healthy. But the will is very powerful. The human will to overcome a lot, uh, if you want to, is part of this. Uh, but, you know, for instance, now I am in a systemic good kind of pain because of this challenge of the week, full on max out challenge for all nine rounds yesterday. I'm like every all, muscles on top of my muscles are sore today. <laughs> but it's a great feeling. It's like, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I feel every aspect of it at this age. Uh, you know, I didn't know that I had a perspective on it when I was young and chronically ill that I would feel this good or even better than I did then. Much better, in fact, uh, because of a lot of the things you've talked about that I encountered and discovered and applied in my own life, which is why I eat the way I do and don't eat when the option is not there for clean food. I would rather fast. Uh, that's not something I could do for like a couple hours between meals back in the day when I was chronically ill and, and hypoglycemic. So all of these things come to play. And then we can engage in activities that can bring pain. In fact, you know, I was mentioning at the opening of the show today about the woman Kiki, who's like, I don't know. I just heard from my trainer. She's like maybe 51 or like, oh, that's only seven or eight years younger. But she's, she said she has a, a, a mindset that when she hits the pain threshold in her exercise, she works even harder. I'm like, you know, I'm not so much there anymore. Unless the trainer is really in my face yelling at me, I'm going to go, I'm going to slack off a little. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going for the Olympics here. Uh, but some people have that just push through it. And I'm like, wow, that's some tenacity. And if I was being, you know, yelled at by a drill sergeant, I might be able to motivate a little bit more. But it isn't necessary. I'm happy with where I'm at for the most part. It's really good. 
Uh, but on the pain threshold front, all of this, I'm grateful for you and your work. I'm grateful that we've connected so that we can offer this uh, to my audience, the Robert Scott Bell Show audience for free to try this thing out. And you can get free access. It's going to happen the 15th of June at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Super Don has put it in the show notes today on the 13th of June, 2023. The 15th of June is when it manifests. If you have not the ability to be there live, please sign up anyway, because that way you'll have access to a replay because that happens. Sometimes you can't be there. But if you don't sign up, you don't get access. That's the point. (laughs) Take advantage of the opportunity here to learn and to break free of maybe the things you thought are impossible to break free from as Dr. Yoni Witten has uh, shared with us today. So again, I appreciate what you're doing big time. Yeah. The one thing that I would, I would add to what you're just talking about is uh, what you were referring to is what a patient of mine calls righteous pain. Hmm. It's pain that leads to something productive on the other end. The pain that you're describing that your wife is experiencing and the pain that most chronic pain sufferers deal with has nothing to do with righteous pain. It's not productive in any way. It's the body's cry for help. And you can't take a person that has that kind of pain and inflict more pain upon them. That's why your wife passed on that kickboxing class because it only is going to make her situation worse. So the pain resolution science that's going to be presented in this webinar and that's the foundation for the pain fix protocol is about taking somebody who has this pain habit that's been learned through experience and restructuring the neurology and the wiring that's Mm -hmm. tied to that response, getting them back to a blank slate and then rewriting the programming so that they can one day experience the pleasure of the righteous pain that you're describing. Well, yeah. And I, uh, you know, my wife was the one who was kickboxing long before I was. And, uh, you know, to see her back there, cause she's just so, so she's amazing how, how she survived this and still is here. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm not giving up on her if she's not, and she's not. So we're going to continue to, to, to try new things and things, you know, we've tried everything, but we haven't tried that. So folks, if you are at all interested, I see Leslie, our, our friend is in the audience praying James and I can both listen, her husband. And, and as I said, even if you can't listen or participate live, get LinkedIn, sign up for free access. And, and Yoni says he'll send a link so that you can listen at a time that, that will work for you or, or view it. Is it, is it a live video interface or just audio when you guys are doing the webinar? Uh, there's video as well. Video as well. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So I'm very anxious and excited to hear more about it and, and hear your results. Uh, but please sign up and take advantage of the opportunity that Dr. Witten is, is uh, opening up for all of us. And, uh, we, you know, we can do some follow-up in the future as well, you know, as people are going through this and we learn, learn more from you. Uh, now, real quick, I wanted to talk about athletics. And I don't mind if you want to hang out for a few more minutes, unless you have to run, uh, Dr. Witten. It was uh, about this guy, Novak Djokovic. Uh, this guy is amazing. I mean, he, he withstood such abuse because he refused to get the COVID injections over the course of that. And even they said, look, if you don't want to participate, you might not be the greatest tennis player ever because you're right on the the, the, the edge of winning more than anybody. And he's like, nope, my principles are my principles. My body's my body. I'm not doing it. And yet here it is a year or two later after the, the worst of the crisis and he wins the French Open, becomes the all-time leader in Grand Slam titles despite those mandates keeping him out of two major tournaments that he might have gotten there, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, but again, what an example that this man is. 
for the care of his body, the human frame, and the commitment to principle and not to cave for the sake of fame or infamy or whatever it would be in that case. I think this guy's something else. It certainly took a lot of courage, and uh, that's a person who uh, literally put his money where his mouth is. I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, and I, I would just say, you know, whether you're a high-level athlete or not, and the point is um, we have a physical body. We must use it, and it doesn't mean everybody has to try, you know, attempt to be the world's best at something in terms of physical uh, athletics or endeavors, but we are still designed to be much more, let's say, active than most of us in the West have grown up to be. The idea that we can just make a living by sitting in front of a screen and using our fingers like this. And many people do. They, they make a living doing that. Yet the physical body demands much more. We were designed to work very hard, toil in yeah. the fields, hunt, whatever, and all of that. And now, you know, because I, my thing doing this show, and I this is my 24th year, doesn't require me to be very physical. I mean, I could just sit down in a chair and open the microphone and interact with everybody. But I recognize because of my history uh, and what I know about the human body and what it's designed to do, that if I wasn't uh, doing these other things, and that's that's where we have to go, well, artificially, I'm going to do the things I'm designed to do. So I go to the kickboxing gym, for instance, and I use the body physically in a way that it's designed to. But if I was in chronic pain and inflammation, I would be severely limited to do the things that we know. And that's part of the reason I think you're doing what you're doing to get people to enjoy being in this physical temple that you were in for a time, a period of time while you were here on this planet, which is not forever. The immortal side of ourselves is the spiritual side, I believe. And the physical body is just what we inhabit for a time. And it can deliver a lot of lessons through pain. Mm -hmm. And the physical body in many ways also dictates your quality of life. If yeah. you are unable to do things because you are physically dysfunctional or in too much pain, it just sucks the joy out of your life. I can't tell you how many patients I've had over the years where I meet them and I know their personality as being a certain way. I know their facial expressions as being a certain way. And then over the course of working with them, they completely change and become a different person as a result of eliminating their chronic pain. All of a sudden they smile. I realize, oh my God, I'd never heard this person laugh before. Yeah. It's, it's, rocks my world on a constant basis. I've been in practice for 17 years now, and it's just, it never stops amazing me. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the changes that you can see in a person when, when they start enjoying being in their body, like you're talking right. about. Well, keep it up. I know you will. And I look forward to talking with you some more, especially following up on the, the webinar you're offering and, and hearing these great stories. And may they be more and more for all of you to enjoy the life that you've been given while you're here. And uh, that's a big part of what this show is about. So thank you, Dr. Yoni Witten, for being on board. Thanks so much, Robert. I appreciate you having me. God bless you. And we're going to come uh, back uh, with the minerals that may be present or absent that will also contribute to many of these issues, including pain, and more with a uh, good friend, Morley Robbins. Uh, once again, thanks, Dr. Witten. we got a lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show because the power to heal is yours. Scott Bell Show. 
Well, I can say we're definitely rocking the health world for the better today. Again, thanks to Dr. Witten for being on board, talking pain and giving opportunities and options that we didn't have moments before. And I'm thrilled that, that we can do that. It's a big part of this show. Uh, in addition, now we're closing in. I get, I don't know what the number is. My wife knows, but closing into 1800 guests soon. We're getting there. We're, we're rising the charts fast. A big part of that is thanks to associate producer and PR extraordinaire, Kevin Tuttle, getting us connected. And um, some of the things that uh, we've been able to cover, we had never been able to encounter and cover as far as talking with folks. And um, then some people were on as often as we can get them, even though they're busy. This hour, our returning guest, uh, Morley Robbins, will be joining us in a few minutes. And uh, Guy is so busy, not because he has to be, I don't think, just because he's got this uh, uh, giant, Egghead, uh, I, I make fun of him, but we, we love that concept of being really into what makes us tick, what makes the world work, what are the principles, whether they be physical or spiritual or anything in between. And Morley digs deep. That's why he's not on the show. He's probably always buried in books and, and why why is it when Morley comes on, you guys are like a like a couple of teenagers in high school, like like writing notes to each other and stuff we get a little giddy talking about the nerd stuff and uh you know i don't know can't help it's part of who i am too uh but i try to i try to close the book every once in a while, I, I, while i'm sitting here i'm sitting here on the on the interface here trying to like you know uh, monitor the the video and stuff like that and this message thing keeps popping up and you're like calling each other funny names and and you know and i'm just like yeah what, what is going on here it happens you got bro, you know got brothers from other mothers you know what i'm saying and you get to hang out together occasionally. So we've got some good stuff coming up, and Morley always brings it. So get ready to take notes. I think he sent some images for you, Super Don, to show when we're talking about some of these pathways yes. and mineral relationships and things, which is great. Always important to have uh, occur. And I, and I want to say thank you to all of the folks that um, I joined this Clubhouse, Advanced Medicine Monday's Clubhouse. It's, a, it's an app called Clubhouse. And it's just audio, but I joined last night, uh, last week, uh, it was Dr. Brian Artis. I mean, this is on, uh, you know, to continue the, 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 the legacy of Dr. Rashid Batar. And so I went into a lot of, I guess you could call it eggheady stuff. And, um, I, I think it's a fraction of the eggheady stuff that Morley gets into, but whatever, it's fun. And I enjoy it because it's for me, pragmatic and practical. If I can't take that information out and, and, and make it, a, a, you know, let's say, uh, what's the word accessible, which is the challenge, you know, every once in a while, I got to not literally, but figuratively slap Morley around Morley. What are you saying here? Right. Talk, talk to us in English. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, okay. It, no, not fit. No, really. you know, I understand. You know what I'm That's do. why we have the, the fun interactions. I enjoy so much talking with him about it because he's, he goes so deep. And I, part of my job here is to take it up to a level where people can go, Oh, I understand. I can access that. Makes sense. Now let me do something about it. Uh, because it's all about how do we make our lives better? And if, and you know, sometimes it's like, I don't want to know super Don, you ever been something like, you're like, no, I don't want to know that it's just too much. And I recognize that's part of life too. We have a choice choices to make. And you know, some of the technology that you interface in, I'm like, I don't want to know the super Don. It's like, you do it better. I'm like, well, have at it. Uh, and that's okay. Again, we each have our strengths and weaknesses and even interest in that. And therefore other people may dig deep and try to bring it out. And part of my role, I believe and perceive is to take a lot of that information, call it, bring it out and help, help you to understand how, how to make your life better, how to be healthier, how to, as Yoni had brought to us last hour, live in less pain or you take all the pieces of the puzzle and put them together. I try, you know, yes, you I, do. I, I, yeah, we, we do, we try. Uh, so, uh, this hour again, doctor, I say doctor, I mean, again, 
the, the name doctor or the, the word doctor has been so abused that most people that have doctorates are, I really don't like to call them doctor because they, they abuse the, the real meaning of a teacher and or a healer. Uh, and so many, well, that, it's inevitable that somebody out there would be like, he's not a doctor. Right, exactly. You guys are lying. I think he's more of a doctor than most doctors. <laughs> um, and, and not that he's making that claim. That's not my point because people yeah. call me doctor all the time in terms of my background, homeopathy and other things. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be associated with doctors because of the third leading cause of death. And much like that tweet I read from that doctor in, uh, on Twitter about stop it with the making you know, excuses for doctors for not knowing, saying that they were duped. And that's part of my uh, frustration, if it will. And that's, of course, the remedy Argentum Nitricum and homeopathy for frustration is looking at the so-called learned class, the egghead class that went through and got a medical degree. And now they don't have the sense God gave them to go, this is right, this is wrong. This is correct. This is incorrect. I'm just going to be doing what I'm told because if I don't, I can't pay off the loans, you know, or the licensing board will come after me. And, and there's cowardice associated with that, even though I am, I guess I can understand why you, you want to be able to pay off your student loan or whatever it is you're indebted to, but there's so much control over their behavior because of materialistic, uh, let's say tendencies or desires. And so if that materialism causes you to become enslaved to it, then now you are subject to things that will make you miserable. And this is, you know, part of the message of my, my dearly departed uncle Bob all those years ago as a medical physician telling me, you don't want to become a doctor. I'm like, but I do. It's all I wanted to do because I wanted to help people. I wanted to heal because I suffered. And then there was the awakening at that point, realizing if I became a doctor and did to other people what doctors did to me, I would be miserable. My Uncle Bob was right until I found natural medicine, homeopathy, et cetera. Now, that didn't mean I was divorced from scientific realities, as the skeptics would say. It more or less drove me deeper into engaging what are the doctors and scientists missing? about what I've witnessed with homeopathy and natural medicine and better diet that brought about healing in me that none of the, the learned class at the top level of do doctoring and sciencing uh, could help me with, did help me with, because they didn't. It was all that I learned afterwards from university level on back. So there's a, an interesting article here. Uh, um, this is from organicconsumers.org, uh, and this was uh, uh, Ronnie Cummins who passed away recently, a uh, great man. Our Forgotten Sacred Relationship with Food. This is by Kari Melby, Organizing Coordinator of OCA. And she says, I don't think it's a controversial statement to say that we have lost our relationship with food, but what does that mean? And uh, there's a, a quote here from uh, this guy named Rowan White. It was recorded in a podcast, uh, and I think it's, a, it's worth reading this. It's an interesting statement. If you can go down to there, you, you see it there. Uh, and it, it was in an article called Cultivating Creation, Exploring Traditional Ecolog Ecological Knowledge of Native Song. It says, I'm going to just read this paragraph if you don't mind. A long time ago, our ancestors came into an agreement with our plant relatives, the wild and the cultivated ones. And particularly, there were particular plants, corn and beans and squash and various ones that gave up a little of their wildness, and we gave up a little of our wildness as humans. And we came into this beautiful covenant and this agreement that we would care for each other. And there were some plants that I've been told that decided that they didn't want to be cultivated and that we were going to have a different relationship to them. But those agreements, that covenant, that you know that sacred relationship, we carry those in our blood, in our bones, you know, like wild rivers. They run in our blood, in our bones. Now, to many, this might be just like an esoteric, kind of, I don't even know how to access that. 
when we talk about connection to ancestry, connection to traditions that go back to millennia, time immemorial, and to recognize how that impacts today our relationship with what we call food, whether it be plant or animal. And and think about even animals are plant-based. You know, when you talk about plant on plant-based diet, plant-based diet, you hear a lot about that. Uh, animals eat plants too. If you eat the animals, you know, there, there's plants that kind of move on up through the, the so-called food chain or however you want to describe it. But I think part of that sacred relationship that we've lost is the G, the vitamin G, the gratitude. The moment, you know, while even in, while you're preparing it, much less if you're growing it, harvesting it, or picking it up at the grocery store because it magically appeared like I did much of my, my, my life until more recently. To have an extraordinary amount of gratitude that says, my gosh, this, this is here to sustain me while I'm here. This is to feed this, this physical body that we have. And yes, there, there can be enjoyment needing. I know that there are, uh, that was interesting. I had a, a, a little inter interface with a, a younger lady um, at the gym this morning, very successful real estate agent. Uh, she's, she comes to the gym and kicks kickboxes. And, you know, she comes as many of them do come to me for off the record advice, not advice, just information, education about health stuff. And she recently started cardio miracle and she's lo loving it. And I said, look, you're going to have trouble getting into the yellow zone. Uh, you know, we talked about the heart rate uh, levels of, of working out. She said, but I won't get my pulse points. I, I know you'll have to either work harder, but I said, now you're going to joke with her. Right now you're going to live forever. And she joked back, it's like, well, what about cancer, right? Because she's got the cardiovascular thing down. I'm like, well, um, that's an interesting thing. You brought that up. Did you have a lot of cancer in your family? So, yeah, mom, sister, that kind of thing. Was it all breast cancer? No, there was colon cancer, this and that. And then I say, well, you know what you put into your body matters. The environment you're exposed to matters. All of those things manifest. And just because you might argue that you have a genetic predisposition, or in homeopathy, a miasm, an indication that, you know, you go down a certain different certain road that can be predicted. It isn't predictable based on the fact that it just exists, but because of the behavior. In other words, if you eat the wrong things, it will manifest in a way that likely might be cancer in your bloodline, so to speak. But if you change what goes into your body, you change your environment, that never has to manifest. And she said, but I like my crumble cookies. <laughs> I said, you know, you could have crumble cookies that you could probably have them organic now. All the organic junk food is out there. It's all, you know, all the things I grew up on, even Pop-Tarts have organic versions. Now, that's not saying Pop-Tarts are an ideal food, even if they're organic, but to reduce the toxicological burden, even if you're not eating in a, per a perfect or an ideal diet. I'm never saying I don't have a piece of pie. You know, I love pie. I don't get, get it often, but when I do, I'm like, dude, I enjoy it. So enjoying food is okay too. In other words, indulging. Although dessert used to be considered a delicacy, not a staple. <laughs> Others argue, life is short, eat dessert first. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Superdome, have you ever heard that? Life is short, eat dessert first. I'm sure that's just an excuse for those that really love dessert, but maybe there's some philosophy that you can adopt to that. That That is the thing. Now, tell me if you did this. When you, yeah. when you grew up mm -hmm. and you moved out on your own, mm -hmm. right? You no longer had mom and dad telling you what you can and can't do. Yeah. I think literally everybody mm -hmm. had dessert before dinner. I mean, <laughs> it was just once. a thing that you did, right? Yeah. You know, it's like once. you're looking around, you're like, I'm ice cream, have. if it melts, it's soup. Soup is good for me. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. Everybody knows that. Anyway, so just back as I, I review this, I'm going to bring Morley into the mix and he'll, he'll have, he's, he can philosophize as well as scientize. I want to find out. Oh, Morley's here. Morley and, Robbins, my brother. Morley, Morley, have you ever had dessert before dinner? 
Never. No. You think he's telling the truth? Get out of here. No, I don't think I have, actually. Really? Well, but, I'll, but I'll do it. I've got a few more years to live. I'm Who sure. is this guy? And what have you done with Morley? Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, I took you as a living dangerously kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I do, but not necessarily around Not dessert. that way. Okay. Not around dessert. No, that's okay. And I, here I am. I can feel Morley's things ticking. You're taking up the time. I got some serious things I want to relate. And you guys are talking about eating. Oh, my gosh. What is this? He's getting dessert. Um, I mean, speaking of dessert, my daughter just made a new recipe for a organic brownie. Nice. And oh my gosh. Mm. Excuse me for a while. I, it was not intended. I didn't know that was going to happen. This, okay, is, live, this is live TV. Like, wow. Oh, that is so good. Uh, Ari, you rocked it. And anyway, uh, now you can take over Morley. Anyway, the sacred relationship with food. You want to add anything to that as we go into the details of what is made up within food that is good or bad? Well, I think what's interesting about the article is they, they're highlighting corn, beans, mm. and squash. Yeah. They're called the Three Sisters. They were very rich sources of copper for the Native American Indians. Um, the, the squash especially has a, a very important enzyme called ascorbate oxidase, which you've never heard of. And it's incredibly important in our physiology. And it has been expunged from the record scientifically, and it has been expunged from our body because of ascorbic acid. Mm -hmm. And people just don't know what, what these ancient foods, how the corn that, that was profiled in that picture looked horrible, right? It was teeming with minerals and vitamins and nutrients. And they've standardized, hybridized, and destroyed food as we as our ancestors knew it. And, and we're left, we're better off probably eating the boxes that the food comes in. Yeah. than the food itself. Mm. Food like substances, right? Yeah, exactly. Not like what I just had, an organic brownie my daughter brought to me that she just yeah. baked fresh out of the oven. Oh, good Lord. I'm so distracted now, Morley. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> that was not what I expected there was going. What is that piece of art, by the way, over your right shoulder? Uh, it's kind of a, a, a spiral oh, kind of thing. Two, two, two flames coming together. That's really cool. I like that piece. Yeah. Is that yeah. something you picked up? or? Yeah, it's a... Had that for many years. Oh, I can appreciate that. That's really yep. cool. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Yeah. So going back to the, 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 you know, the food, the agreement, the sacred relationship as well. And, you know, there are those that take uh, almost a religiously dogmatic view in terms of plant-based only vegeta vegetation, fruits and vegetables versus animals. And we've talked about the grand great deficiency of copper, particularly among many minerals that are deficient, one of the most significant and severely uh, uh, a high price that we pay for a lack of copper. And we've talked about the various food sources that contain it, but also we talked about the mineral reductions because of modern agriculture, even, you know, arguments that have been made based on analysis of soils that copper has been depleted more than any other mineral. And what does that mean? How does that manifest in so much, much less COVID? You got it right there. What is it? Oh, you're backwards. We got to reverse your camera. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Super so how to do that, but go ahead. Tell us the title so we can't read backwards. You can't read backwards. You can eat. You can eat dessert before dinner. Yes, but I can't read backwards, dinner. especially after that brownie. I just like it turned my brain in a different direction. So, <laughs> you probably know who Don Huber is at Purdue University. He's a world yeah. authority on GMO glyphosate. Mm -hmm. This is synthetic pesticide use in Africa, and you know, glyphosate's only a problem in Africa, right? <laughs> but. 
in this article or in this book, this little monograph, uh, what he's talking about is the chelation of minerals that glyphosate is is known to do. Mm -hmm. But it's but they come out of the soil in a logarithmic speed. And so just like an earthquake, an earthquake of three is different than an earthquake of nine. You can survive an earthquake of three, maybe not nine. So <clears throat> glyphosate chelates magnesium at a three, zinc at a nine, and copper at a 12. Mm. So what does that mean? Well, it means that it's pulling copper out a billion times faster than magnesium and a thousand times faster than zinc. zinc. Yeah. But let's put that into concept. We can't relate to a thousand times faster. So when my younger son, Tom, was in college, uh, I could run an eight-minute mile. Tom clocked a 402 mile. He ran twice wow. as fast as I did. Yeah. And I called him up and said, you're going to go for it? He said, no. He said, he said, I could run for six months and I may not shave those two seconds. So his old man wanted to just see what, what does it feel like to run a four-minute mile. So I went to the gym got on a treadmill, cranked it down to four minutes, holding on for dear life. And then I realized, wait a minute, the machine's doing all the work. I'm just holding on. I almost killed myself trying to get off the machine. Mm. But the point is, that's twice as fast. Copper is chelated a thousand times faster than zinc. They're not equals. People have got to stop thinking about, oh, the copper-zinc ratio. It's like, yeah. no, it's copper is... Yeah, and I know I'm a broken record. Dude, I credit you for being a great broken record with a very powerful message that has certainly impacted so many, including me in, in my communication out to the world and so many that I love it when I hear, hey, do you know Morley Robbins? They ask me that like when I talk copper, you know, more I mean, do I know Morley? Yeah, he's rocking it. And of course, your book is uh, doing great. I, as far as I know, I mean, people are referring mm -hmm. to it all of the time. Yeah. My friends at Sovereign Copper, they all tout. Everybody read Morley's book, so it's it's wonderful, the impact. I remember That's when right. it first came out, you know, it was like, I wonder if you'll sell some, you know, you will I sell any? And it's like, I think it's, I don't know how well it's done, but I sense that it's done pretty well. People are talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's actually got legs. It's, it, it'll never be a bestseller, but. Um, it's got consistency I'm, as people discover it. It's going to keep going, yeah. It, it's in the top 100 nutrition books consistently has been for years. So that's really, that's really kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I thought we could do is take a dive into a subject that no one's ever talked about. And you're a practitioner, you're a smart guy. You talk to a lot of smart men and women. And that's what makes me smart. Actually, I know. smart people. So what do you know about the PAM enzyme? No, other than spraying the, you know, when I grew up, with Pam, you know, the, remember that stuff? <laughs> Not nasty, right? But no, I don't think the Pam en enzyme is discussed much uh, in, in polite company. Uh, no, certainly not in clinical company. Uh, I've talked to 15 different practitioners, yeah. different walks of life, different degrees. Not one has ever heard of the Pam enzyme. Mm -hmm. And I think when people learn what we're going to talk about, and we're just going to do a little hors d'oeuvre today. Maybe we'll find another time to take a deeper dive. But I think when people begin to realize the magnitude of this, I think people are going to be in shock, to be quite honest. I mean, I've been studying the PAM enzyme since 2010. And it's only been in the last couple of months that it's come into focus. Now, is this... Uh, uh you know, we talked much about the cupro enzyme pathways, the criticality of the mineral copper and relates to many enzymatic activities. 
would there be a relationship to copper or other minerals that we should learn about in terms of what this is and what it does and why this is critically important? Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. this, this might be, you know, I've often said that uh, complex four of the mitochondria is the most important enzyme on the planet because that's what turns oxygen into water and enables energy to be released. <clears throat> well, this, this enzyme turns oxygen into water so that hormones can be used. It's a big deal. And if uh, Super Don can get to the slides, we can kind of take a quick spin through them and then we can speak to them. So here we are, we've all worked with computers and we're familiar with the motherboard and that highlighted section in red is the central processing unit, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that the PAM enzyme is the motherboard and the CPU of the human body. It's absolutely amazing. So let's go to the next slide. So this is a this is the actual. Uh, Don, are you able to back up, or are you just able to do slide by slide? Did he skip one? Well, no. He's it's it's a it builds. He's not in presentation mode. No, well, you want him to go full screen? Is that what you're saying? That 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 is the best I can do with that. <clears throat> I had to convert it actually over. So this is what this is what okay. we got. Right. Here's full okay. screen. Yeah. All right. So what this is telling us, the PAM stands for peptidal glycine alpha amidating monooxygenase. And and Robert, I get a dollar every time I say it. <laughs> Well, you you left the glycine out there. I know. I, I just realized that. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Well, there's so, no room for it anyway. It's so long. I know, right? Mm -hmm. And so this enzyme requires two ascorbate, two coppers, and oxygen to do its work. And so, in, in the same way that copper is essential inside the mitochondria to turn oxygen into water. Copper is essential to turn oxygen into water so that this enzyme can activate our hormones. And it's a big deal. So that what's interesting is I, I learned this morning from my colleague, Martha Carlin. I don't know whether you've ever talked with her. You really should have her on your show. Who is She's it? Martha Carlin. She's a, I, she is to the microbiome what I am to the mitochondria. Martha Carlin. Well, write that name down so we can reach out to her. Maybe you know her. We can connect. Oh, for sure. You'll, you're going to love that conversation. But she taught, she was teaching me that glycine is the smallest amino acid. I didn't know that. Um, and turns out that glycine is what is the backbone of glyphosate. It's glycine with a nitrogen wart. Well, what is, what is glyphosate? GPS is glyphosate. And glyphosate chelates copper. And it stops the bioactive nature of hormones. So that's a really big deal. So let's jump to the next next slide. And this is from a famous article by Richard Maines and Betty Iper. It's a husband and wife team. They were at Hopkins for 20 years and then UConn Medical Center for the last 25 years. And this is from a famous study, they uh, article they published in a book uh, called The Neuropeptides. And it's a selective selected um, bioactive peptides. So <clears throat> when I first started 
um, studying this enzyme, it was 13 enzymes. This picture that you've got here is 43 peptides. I recently found an article from 2021 that was 70 peptides, then 279, and uh, last night found a, a reference for 827 peptides that need to be activated. And Martha pointed out this morning, she thinks she may have found another thousand. So we're talking about a blockbuster enzyme inside our body. And what you'll see here is it's a who's who of human hormones. But what I want to impress upon you and your, your uh, listeners, hormones are released in a, what's called a pro-hormone state. So you drive a car, and there's probably a car in your driveway. What kind of car do you drive? I'm curious. What do I want to drive or what do I drive? <laughs> <laughs> what I want to drive, but I, I, I got a minivan and we got a, a, a small SUV. Okay, I, well, the minivan. I'm in the middle of the snow, but yes. Okay, so the minivan is in the driveway, and it's a pro-hormone. Can't do anything when it's just in the driveway, right? It's just embarrassing, though. That's Okay. I've had many bands. So, but when, but what happens when you turn the ignition? Mm -hmm. The car starts, and then it becomes a hormone that can do things. Our hormones are not released in an active state. So let's go to the next slide. And what we're what we're zeroing in on here is the top section is the hypothalamus and the bottom section is the pituitary. Again, all of these hormones that are being highlighted here are in the what's called the pro-hormone state and they all need to be activated before they can do anything. Now, what I think is fascinating about this is nobody talks about this. I mean, nobody talks about this. You talk about biohacking. Mm -hmm. This is the ultimate biohack, Robert, because if you cannot, if you cannot activate the hormones in your hypothalamus, then it can't function inside the pituitary, which means it can't function throughout the body. Now, what is fascinating is that there's something called gonadotropin releasing hormone. Wow, that's a big word, right? And that's the hormone that activates or releases, makes sure that, that ACTH and alpha MSH can be released, but they've all got to be activated. But what does ACTH do? Well, we know, we know that ACTH is releasing cortisol. Did you know that ACTH actually releases androgens, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone? Robert, do you know anybody who's having trouble with their sex hormones? You know anybody who's on hormone replacement therapy? Do you realize how big this is? Yeah, well, of course, and if there was a, a real definition to a pandemic, it would Im include what you've just stated in terms of the, all the endocrine disruption, endocrine dysfunction, endocrine but, deficiency, on and on it goes, that's real. But here's the key. Mm -hmm. You've heard of insulin resistance. Yeah, I don't like the term at all. No, I know, 
Yeah. Okay, I don't either. But then we have leptin resistance. Mm -hmm. We have cortisol resistance. We have adrenaline resistance. We have estrogen resistance. Haven't you wondered, what is this resistance thing all about? What are they talking about? Well, it turns out, what is, what is this alpha amidation? It's a very awkward way of saying activating. What does that mean? To make a hormone bioactive? Well, mm -hmm. what it means is you're making it hydrophobic so that you can't ionize it with water. But what it really means is it can go, if this is a receptor and here's the hormone, it means that the hormone can fit perfectly inside its receptor because what is what is a hormone? It's a signaling peptide. Mm -hmm. It's got information. It's got a download, right? It's got instructions. And if it doesn't go into the receptor properly, right. what? there's well, resistance. There's yes, resistance. Resistance, again, is... is Ah, man, it's just an inadequate way of describing it, but I get why they use the term. I do, Morley. But it's a metabolic pathway, let's say, deficiency, corruption, uh, dysfunction, it's, because of the lack of things that, the you know, thing, work in there's only one thing. There's only one thing, Robert. Yeah. And it's not turned on. It's not active. The, the light switch has not been turned on for mm -hmm. the hormone, so therefore it can't fit into the receptor. Right. And mm -hmm. th this is all over the body. If we're talking about 827 hormones, signaling peptides, it's like, and, and the, the, the problem, let's go to the next slide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those of you who are listening on the podcast, you got to come back to our uh, page at robertscabell.com slash listen to watch it or uh, Rumble, uh, which has it uh, Facebook Live. Somehow we're on Facebook as well as Twitter. Uh, to be able to see it visually, what uh, Morley's presenting. I'm going to go full screen on this one now so everybody can see it. Go ahead. So I came across this article last night. Understanding the aging hypothalamus. Well, the hypothalamus is the CPU of our physiology. <clears throat> They're looking at it one cell at a time. And what I think is important is to make sure that people understand what is the source of aging. It's called iron accumulation. Mm -hmm. and, and when we're low in copper, we've talked about this before, when we're low in copper, iron accumulates first in the liver, second, second depot for iron, it's called the endocrine glands. It, from stem to stern, from hypothalamus down to the gonads, iron starts to accumulate in the endocrine glands. What does, the, what does iron do to the PAM enzyme? Kills it, oxidizes it prevents it being able to activate the hormones. So then let's go to the next slide, because this is where it all kind of comes together. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this, the, I've been looking for this picture for 15 years, Robert. <laughs> People think you have too much time on your hands, Morley. No kidding, right? <laughs> and so... What I think is useful for people to know, I'm just, we're just looking at 14 of the 64 chambers of the hypothalamus. But these are these are really special chambers. But the but the five on the left hand side are blockbuster chambers making all sorts of incredible chemicals. And you talked about blue light. You know what what blue light does. You know what blue light does? It burns out the suprachiasmic nucleus, and then we lose our sense of timing. We lose our ability to sleep. Do you think do you think blue light stops at the SCN, or maybe it starts to fry? all of the chambers around it, like like the POA pre-optic area, <laughs> which is which is where these master hormones are coming out of. And so 
We're talking about the blue light uh, primarily that is uh, kind of man-made what we're exposed to, although that in the spectrum of all the different colors of light, it exists in nature too. Uh, right. The damage primarily into moving out of a, a full spectrum sunlight to live in under artificial light has impacted the endocrine system significantly. And you're talking about one specific pathway and one specific wavelength impacting that. But the one specific pathway mm -hmm. is activating the entire neurochemistry of the body. Mm -hmm. It is not just a little narrow pathway. It's the whole. Well, it's, it's kind of like when I talk about one mineral, when we talk about copper being so important, it's just one mineral. Come on, it's just one mineral. But how does it impact the myriad of pathways that depend upon it? And so, yeah, uh, to think that it's just one wavelength and then eh, not a big deal, but how does it impact everything else? That's what we always like to talk about in terms of systems and how right. everything works together. So the blue light is the opposite of the red light. Copper relates to red red light. Iron relates to blue light. So they're they're frying our our um, innards with this light. It's not just it's not just our computer screens. Obviously, it's our devices. But LED is all blue light. Yeah. All the LEDs are blue light. We're being We're being flooded with blue light now. Yeah, I want to give you an example, uh, Morley. I went to the. Uh... I think it was the Home Depot or the Lowe's. And I bought out all of the incandescent bulbs I could, mm -hmm. sure. uh, including um, there was these options, like these these yellowy, orangey, warm-looking right. lights for the outdoor uh, patio. Sure. Uh, and they had the option of the incandescence or the LED version. I'm like, screw the LED version. I'm so grateful you guys still have that. And it's like they're phasing out all of the incandescence. And like, what are they doing to us, Morley? And does somebody at that level know what they're doing? Well... I, we, let's not go there. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't have time to go there, but the acknowledgement is, yeah, on some level they right. know, and we've got to do better. We've got to uh, protect ourselves by knowing this and then acting on the information. But the thing is we're being, we're being flooded with blue light. We're being flooded with glyphosate. We're being flooded with high fructose corn syrup. People need to know that high fructose corn syrup is not our friend. No, We're, we're being flooded with canola oil. And so the, the environment is just a wash in chemicals that are disrupting a lot of different pathways. I get that. But we're talking about, <clears throat> Robert, we're talking about the master control center of human physiology. We're at the very epicenter of the CPU. And what's the motherboard of the human? It's called the HPA axis, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And it's, the whole HPA axis runs on alpha amidation. So when people say, oh, I'm tired, I've got adrenal fatigue, what they've got is this much PAM function. That's where the problem is. And now here's the part that I think you're going to find fascinating. Mm -hmm. There's this team, uh, Richard Maines and Betty Iper, um, <clears throat> famous, famous scientists. Um, they did some studies in 2009. 2010 and 2011. And, and I just think this is amazing. So what they discovered is that the PAM enzyme that is uh, the, the gene to make the PAM enzyme that has a defect has less functionality as you would expect it would. But what they discovered is that a PAM enzyme that is copper deficient has identical function to the PAM function from a defective gene. So, so gene defects and copper deficiency are synonymous. 
I think that's very interesting. And then, then they went, they set out to study how can we correct this gene defect? They use copper. Mm-hmm. They use the copper supplement and bingo bongo, the little mice and rats were fine. Yeah. Well, arguably, uh, Morley, this is what I wish more and more physicians that ha- have a dominant monopolistic role in, in he- so-called healthcare would acknowledge and recognize the things you've been researching for years, what we've been talking about for years, that uh, we don't need gene altering technology, CRISPR no. and everything else. We need to replenish the minerals that have been lost and watch the, as chiropractors say, innate intelligence of the body. Uh, right. the homeopaths say the vital force, the, the, right. the no, knows exactly what to do. It Our does. mental bodies, as much as we'd like to think we're smart, are fractionally smart. You're smart, Morley, because you follow the pathways and look at what facilitates either their function or their dysfunction. And we look at that from a standpoint of not reductionism per se, because, you know, reductionism would say, let's create a drug and then just force the thing to happen that isn't happening. Who cares how it happens in reality, right? But we're looking at, oh, how are these minerals designed to come together and interact with one another to facilitate that? And when they're not present, what happens? And you go deep into that where people have headaches just thinking about it. For some reason, you get, I don't know, great joy in going there. And others would go, ow, ow, stop. Well, what what I love about this is that we're talking about batteries. Mm. That's what copper is. It's a battery. So if I were to give you a toy that requires a battery, after a while, you'd stop playing with it. And if we went clinical, we would say, well, Robert has playtime resistance. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? But then if I if I were to hand you the battery mm-hmm. and you put it in the toy, suddenly... You're not resistant anymore. What is that? What happens? That's, that's the whole point. People yeah. don't realize that so much of their dysfunction is from one enzyme not working systemically in their body mm-hmm. and if it's not working in the hypothalamus what do you think it's going to so 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 here's the thing we talk about insulin right it's a very very powerful hormone what do you know about incretin or incretin sometimes people call it different things have you ever heard of incretin yes um and and uh you're not calling me a bad name just in case anybody wants to get mad don't get mad at morley <laughs> he's bringing up some good signs you're the ultimate incretin right All right exactly so incretin comes out of the pancreas it's also called glp1 mm-hmm. glucagon like peptide i think one well glp1 needs to be activated <laughs> so that ins- insulin can be released then insulin needs to be activated so that it can do its job in the body. And it's like, and, and, and what's the rage right now? GLP-1. People are just like gobbling it up like it's like there's no tomorrow. And, and what people don't realize is it, no one ever stops to say, why do I need GLP-1? Why do I need insulin? That's what we ask. That's, That's the question. Where That's exactly. where it goes into the real correction as opposed to the, uh, you know, treading around symptoms and, you know, forcing and, and dropping things in that we think are going to help, but not exactly yeah. going to the depth of the pathways, the activation, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone was trained like circus bears to worry about their vitamin D, but no one stopped to say, why mm-hmm. is vitamin D low? Yeah. Well, it turns out it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a negative acute, fa- acute phase reactant, negative. 
it, it goes low when there's a problem. It doesn't cause it. It's right. a selling post that there's a problem. And it's just like, oh my God. So the, the thing is, the, the goal here is to get people to realize that a lot of people probably think this PAM enzyme is a speed bump. It's not. This is Mount Everest on steroids. Mm -hmm. This is what's been holding you back. And maybe in a, in a subsequent um, conversation, Robert, I can tell you a little story about a guy named Vincent Duvigneault who discovered all of this in 1953. And it's a really fascinating tale. And what I think is particularly fascinating is that he did his work in 53 and he was getting his Nobel Prize December of 55. That's unheard of in the world of science. Most, most scientists wait 20 or 30 years to get their recognition. Big Pharma knew right away why this was so important. And what people don't realize is that the hormones and the peptides that doctors are using now are all alpha-amidated in a test tube. They're not being alpha-amidated in your body because they know you don't have the ability. Why? Because they know what this is doing around the world. And so I think people just, you know, you're talking about organic food. Mm -hmm. people, people really need to discipline themselves and make sure they're not getting glyphosate revenue, res residue, excuse me, revenue. Yeah. And well, I was talking with a, with a colleague the other day, mm -hmm. and she had a 23-centimeter tumor removed from her body. I said, how did that happen? She said, I was very lazy about what I ate for a number of years. And it was like, wow. And she was very, very forthcoming, very uh, poised about it. But she acknowledged where she thought the problem originated. Right. And it was it was a very palpable moment when we had that conversation. Well, we come back to our forgotten sacred relationship with food. Um, exactly. Right. As much as we have talked and we always do together, science, you know, kind of, I hesitate to say this is reductionism because it isn't because it's, it's looking at relationships and that's yep. not ultimately reductionist. It is reductionist if all you're looking at is one thing and not looking at the relationship, but recognizing that at a deeper and deeper level, you begin to understand how things work. And that's, you know, a scientific inquiry and endeavor that I enjoy engaging in with you. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, you dig it all the time. I'm just wondering if that's all you do you ever get out of the house uh, and i know you oh, do. I do. <laughs> these are these are just peak moments of of discovery i mean this yeah. this really like i said i've been been dabbling with this since 2010 mm -hmm. and it's you know every every couple of years i mean what's really fascinating um did you ever read the book mastering leptin no i know the book i've not read it no Wonder, wonderful book yeah and um i read that and then i read um the End of Overeating by, mm -hmm. um, what's his name? Um, I never can remember. He's, he was former FDA commissioner. In any event, these were like back-to-back -back books. And then, then I read um, Good Calories, Bad Calories. And so those three books just like was this crucible of insanity. It's like the food system has been so corrupted mm -hmm. uh, in our lifetime, in, in, yeah. in, in the last 30 years especially. And... I mean, I think we're we're witnessing an unprecedented challenge now of where do we go to find food that is safe? Yeah, 
Exactly. Not everyone, not everyone has a, an ADA. For me, or, I go to the backyard for some, and yep. you find yep. out the suppliers that are working in a way that aligns with you. You know your perspective on food, and there are more people that are, I think, coming to that awareness and shifting right. back. Right. Uh, although you wouldn't know it, if, obviously, if you watch what we call legacy TV mainstream media, they don't kind of focus <laughs> on this as their advertisers are coming to the opposite conclusion because of the money right. involved. Uh, by the way, for those of you, if this is your first time encountering Morley Robbins, where you been? Been under a rock, right? Uh, get out from under it and uh, check out his website. We do have a link in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. They also have a, you still have a Facebook group, right? You haven't been totally. banned on that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, we're uh, recruiting folks who want to take the deep dive in our mm-hmm. class. Yeah. Uh, Rootdogprotocol.com as well. Directly. We have that linked up and yes, you can join in on that. And Morley all regularly speaks with uh, folks at the Health Freedom Expo and mm-hmm. greatly appreciate right. we get to hang out a little bit in person there um, more often than not. And um, upcoming. I'm going to buy another book this year. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed buying your book when I, when I, when it first came, I was very excited about it and I'm thrilled that uh, it's again, it's doing well overall and without the hype of a major uh, book seller or PR promotions thing, the word of mouth is fantastic. And uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, evidence of that. Let me see whether there's a comment from Marge uh, says, love this guy. Even he even was, was on the Kate Daly show and he's getting very popular. How's that feel to be very popular, Morley? Uh, I I appreciate the the um, the sentiment. I don't know that I'm a household name. I, I I once asked a friend who had has psychic tendencies. I said, "Am I going to become a is, is the RCP going to become a household concept?" Mm. And she thought for a moment. She said, "Not in your lifetime, mm. but in the lifetime of one of your students." I said, "There you hey, go. That's great. I I can live with that." I'm, I'm well, and and uh, household uh, to household to household. So if you talk about the definition of that broader sense, every household, no, but I mean, these yeah. things take a lot of time and we go far afield astray right. from what we need to do to, before we find a come back to our sanity. Um, she says, Morley, you have to go back on Kate's show. It's like, dude, not until I'm on Kate's show. What's up with that, Marge? There you go, right? Don't, I don't yeah. be on Kate's show, just Morley. Oh. One, of my, one of my colleagues uh, was, was chatting with a, a patient, a client, yeah. Uh, she does reflexology and um, this woman started talking and, and, and what she was doing to feel better. And she said, mm-hmm. you know, I really found this, this copper thing. And, and, and Lynn said, sounds like you're doing the root cause protocol. And the woman said, I am, do you know about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause she was in the first class. And yeah. so it turns out that this woman was the oldest sibling of 10 siblings and her youngest sibling she calls her the brainiac. She's the one who found it. She says the whole family, 18 people in the family now are all doing the, the root cause protocol. I'm like, hey, that's great. You know, that's, See, that's, that's, the impact that's is the ripple. That's the ripple. Sorry. Makes yeah. it feel feel good, all that effort, not going to waste at all. Uh, there's an article here in Healthline, exposure to heavy metals increases your heart disease risk. Of course, uh, the displacement of minerals as well, it, it impacts as your body tries to desperately get rid of the excess of these things that are not very therapeutic and metabolically beneficial to have. Uh, I, I have a couple of questions of the day, Morley, and we're almost out of time here, but no, uh, I thought we could uh, maybe at least hit one of them, maybe both before we, I know we started about a minute or so late. Um, the first one relates to aluminum uh, toxicity. We've had uh, scientist, uh, Dr. Christopher Exley on the show. I've met him over the years, a very nice man, although he's been abused and, and, you know, kind of wakefielded in his own right because he dared to talk about the danger of aluminum and, and what it can do to the brain and nervous system. 
but he's been promoting silicon rich waters to rid the body of aluminum sure. uh, and um the Cheryl is asking about the Alta Silica, which I utilize. It's a whole food form of it. And I recognize the digestive processes break down these minerals to their essence. And we talk about ion exchange as part of the process by which it interacts with things to bind and excrete as far as that goes. Do you have any perspective on the silicon rich water uh, versus a whole food form of silica as a binding agent? Because in nature, aluminum and silica are bound typically, and that's why aluminum right. is not harmful because it's not active to engage in the you know the things that it does to the brain and nervous system normally. Yeah, I don't know that I, I don't have any information about um, the silicon water versus the, the food based. Mm -hmm. I assume they both would be effective. The reason why the aluminum is so tricky is um, it has a plus three valence, and it displaces um, the iron that needs to be getting back to the bone marrow so it can recycle. That's where it really becomes problematic. Uh, I mean, not, aluminum alone, of course, is neurotoxic, but it's very disruptive to the iron recycling program. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of the principal problems of, of whatever they're spraying in. The, sure. In the and, and I will add for Cheryl's sake, uh, this is where homeopathy also comes in for me, mm. homeopathic silicea. Um, we also have, we can utilize the homeopathic form of aluminum, aluminum metallicum, uh, to help mobilize the body's intelligence, if you will, the metabolism to try to address these things. But yes, we still need the minerals that would counter it to help, you know, the, 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 the metabolic interplay that to bind then and bring it out as it wasn't normal for us to be exposed to aluminum in eons past. Because again, in the earth's crust, it's prevalent, but it's always bound. You don't until it was yeah. refined in the way that man has done for industry, et cetera. It was never available the way it is today, including pots and pans and things. Uh, uh, right. So that is a, a real issue. So whether you use the silicon rich waters that Dr. Exley promotes or the Alta Silica, which we utilize from Choose to be Healthy or and or Silicea, again, there are a lot of things that help to process and help uh, the body to eliminate that excess in addition to what you mentioned as well the iron recycling within the bones that it impedes mm -hmm. uh, and, and that suddenly it's an interesting thing and we're out of time to talk about but how uh, iron becomes very problematic uh, when it is absent it's uh, it's very important cousin in terms of minerals copper and that's in your book well yeah and, and the thing is Chinese figured it out 5,000 mm -hmm. years ago what, like what do they know yeah. but Copper's the general, iron's the foot soldier. And, you know, there's a difference between generals and yeah. privates. We need to know that. And we talk about, you know, the copper zinc. I don't I don't hit the ratio so much because I think people are over abusing this term and doesn't mean as much. But as well, zinc, which is necessary for a lot of events in the body to occur in the absence of copper can also be problematic. And, and we've seen a lot of that in COVID as people have been focusing on isolates of zinc and vitamin C, which is not as it occurs fully in nature, even though you can isolate out that thing, that it creates an imbalance of dysfunction, dysregulation, because the copper is also that controlling factor, that general contractor or general, as you say. And please read Morley's book, Cure Your Fatigue, if you haven't already. And we'll keep coming back to this topic and more. I appreciate it. appreciate the uh, chance to have this conversation, Robert. Always, always enjoy it, Morley. Big hugs to you, my friend, and everybody check out the Root Cause Protocol. And uh, hopefully it's not too long between visits. I don't know what it is you're doing while we're not here, probably reading. But <laughs> if, if you <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking to other, uh, other uh, shows, right? Right, exactly. Or being on other shows. Can't believe you're on any other show, Morley. I know, I know.
I had an exclusive. I thought, no, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that you're out there and communicating. I'm a, and I love it. Every time it says, do you know Morley? I'm like, dude, that's awesome. So thanks for being here, my brother. And I uh, hope to see you soon at the very least at the health freedom expo. But if you can attend any other events you see in our upcoming events list, uh, yeah, please absolutely. do be great to see you. Absolutely. All right. Bonus round coming up next with super Don. God bless you all for being here. Appreciate you. And uh, the power to heal is still yours. Hey, bonus round. How'd you survive uh, the egghead uh, hour there? But Morley, you did all right? Did you go to sleep? You okay? Um, <clears throat> I've never, I've never met anybody who gets so excited about copper and <laughs> enzymes and mm -hmm. and uh, he's on a whole different level. I can't even like, I don't even know I, I, if I could even get there. There's it's no like, way in, right? <clears throat> I'm just like, because he, he'll be talking, it'll be like. The forbidden oh, zone. And, yeah, then, and, and, and then and then the, the enzyme thing and the stuff, it <laughs> and now now it connects to the and, and he, he starts laughing. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. Wait, I, where, I missed the punchline. Wait a minute. What? Wait, how, wait, about, wait. how about the Pam enzyme? Did you like that? Did you just spray Pam. your awesome? Yeah, Pam? we talked you know? about Pam. I told him I've known a few Pams, but yes, and you've known some Pams, yes. Not that one. All right. Marge, so anyway. says, I'll email Kate and keep asking her to get you on. Thank you, Marge. I'm just teasing, of course, on that. I know you. I know That's you. That's a Kevin thing. We'll put Kevin yeah. on it. Yeah. So I think, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, folks, if you're listening, mm -hmm. uh, I think I figured out the uh, audio the, thing, the audio situation. levels. Yeah. I believe is, my, my audio should be right in there where Roberts is right now. So let me know. How is it wrong. sounding out there for those of you that have heard that Super Don, his volume, has been extraordinarily much higher, even though he couldn't hear it. And I couldn't, I could sort of hear it occasionally, but you know, for, for you guys out there receiving the uh, audio on the video or the audio podcast, super Don tries to manage it then, but there we go. Bingo. Okay. Leslie, I've been sounds the same. Okay. I've been listening to, been the, to the feed when I talk and stuff. So believe it or not, and this is totally boring to anybody else who's going to hear inside it, but, radio baseball. Tell us about uh, what you discovered. Believe it or not, Robert, I, my fader, is at about three and a half. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's perfect. Wow. I doesn't make any sense to me. You mean, but you, Unity is that, that, that I'm halfway to mind. unity. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And oh, for me know. here with this RE 20 microphone, yeah. uh, going up to unity, you know, was all I needed. There's like got to be that. some other settings somewhere that are, yeah. uh, I don't know. And but you've yeah. got the, the, the Rodecaster Pro too, that it's, you can tell it the exact microphone you're on, right? Because it, it it says RE20 for me, so it knows yeah. what I'm using. Yeah. Interesting. By the way, I took took apart the old one yesterday after the show and, you know, cleaned it up. It's like I've been using it unconsciously for so long. Those are, are those are good mics. Years. They have they have built-in uh, pop filters. Yeah, and and apparently yeah. that one, like the foam that was around it, the insulation, the pop filter. I mean, it all does. It all had dissolved. It yeah. just well, it, it's it's been around for a while. That's that's. So I just ordered some some new ones. I'm going to undo it and replace it and such. But I, I, I'm glad you know when we first started in broadcasting in '99, I think we bought four re20s back in the day they were a little less expensive but that was an investment at the time and they've lasted you know it's like what does it say about quality sometimes you go dude that's expensive and you're like but 
There the is RA20 the is the yeah. standard. Um, yeah. and, and most of the time when you see, and, and I challenge you, when, yeah. when you look on TV and they show people talking on microphones in their studio or something like that, mm-hmm. you're going to find the vast majority of them are going to have that microphone that Robert has right there. That's it. It's the RE20 is the one that, that uh, most of them use. Mm-hmm. S- some other podcasters, they, they have a tendency to move into other types of, of, of microphones like, uh, yeah. like uh, uh, Rogan. Yeah, I I use the same headphones that Joe Rogan uses. Yay, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, um, but he uses the uh, the Shure SM7B, which I kind of want to mm-hmm. try. Yeah, um, and those are those are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Beck has a he, he uses a whole different kind of microphone I've never seen before, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this weird like rectangle thing. Yeah, I think he can know. budget up to have his own one of a kind kind. They're not of thing. terribly mis- No, yeah. it's not. It's not a one of a kind although okay. he has one that's solid white uh-huh. in color and those I have that those are harder to come by but all they customized or something. Yeah, but yeah. in any case, microphones mm-hmm. are cool, but they're not cheap. I mean, that microphone you've got there that's a $400 microphone. Yeah, I think I see them for like 495 even now. Yeah, you can't um, get them cheaper, but But yeah, again, we invested in them back in 1999. Think about that. This yep. is 24 years later and they're still rocking. Although again, the internal workings, the foam doesn't last forever, apparently. Uh, and well, wanna, come on, man, yeah. what are we talking about? 24 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just bizarre. Isn't it? My, this microphone is older than my son <laughs> and my daughter, but yeah. yeah, I got the microphone before I got my son, you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Look, Marge is leaving us because Kate Daly's coming on. Yeah. What is it about Kate Daly? Have you noticed that? She's I, I, I kind of feel like Marge has been like like cheating on us. <laughs> like like um, Morley when he appears on somebody else's show. It's, what's it's, up with that? It's the other woman <laughs> thing going on here. Yeah. Hey, th- welcome everybody that uh, is part of the Advanced Medicine community on Clubhouse. We had a lot of you joined from yesterday. I was on, had a great time chatting with you. Uh, the, the kind of thing that I did there was focused on me and my knowledge base and, you know, what kind of what spirit moved me to communicate to everybody there. This show is not about me as much as many people tune in because maybe they like me, Super Don, but I know a lot of people like you. Um, but it's, I like to be a conduit for a lot more information than just whatever I, I know or can have access to or studied like Morley having him on and many others. Like we're closing in on 1800 guests. We're, on the upper end of the 1700s right now somewhere. And it's, it's fun for me to communicate. Like we never had Yoni Witten on. We had his brother Ari on and they're a great dynamic brotherly duo in their own right. And they, and they both live in the jungle. What's up yeah. with that? Isn't that cool? So what are the odds, the odds that, uh, uh Yoni never tell in, me the odds. Yoni is in Mexico and, uh, Ari is in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, Steve brought up something uh, related to one of my favorite minerals, selenium. He says, I recall Dr. Batar mentioned a study that followed 18,000 people for 17 years. The half that supplemented with selenium had no cancer, but about 25 to 30% of the other half did get cancer. And, and that's you know why I say, as our dearly departed friend Chris Barr, not a doc, said as well, the most critical mineral in prevention much less reversing most cancers is selenium. And not only that, Dr. Batar talked about selenium as birth control for viruses, even though I don't believe and perceive viruses are the cause of disease. But if you go into this concept of replication, we know selenium stops it. We know silver 
in the bioactive form stops it as well. Um, we have a question of the day that we didn't get to. Do you, I, I would like, this came in actually on the chat room yesterday after we were off the show, so I didn't see it till today. And so if you're at the, the chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen, um, that chat room is technically open 24-7, although it's not really monitored until we hit the next day's show, but thankfully it's still there. This is from Rod. Uh, he says, I have a bone on bone in the right inner knee and need surgery. Any help you may have to avoid surgery. I am 85 years and in very good health and not over, I guess he's saying I'm not overweight. That, that word was lost. I am taking Cardio Miracle, selenium, magnesium, and copper for, mo- for four months now. I would like to avoid surgery and I'm looking for any suggestions. Do you have any thoughts about platelet-rich plasma? Those are PRP injections from your own blood. Uh, the doctor said that I would be wasting my money. Sorry about hitting enter before I was done, Rod. Okay, whatever, Rod, but no problem. <laughs> Dude, I have heard mm-hmm. I've heard good things about the uh, uh, platelet-rich plasma. plasma. PRP. Yeah. And there's also PRF. And, and this is often used, they spend your blood down in dental work after an extraction to put in the, you know, where the socket would be. A, you could have a dry socket if you're not careful. And so they create a clot there and uh, it really helps to heal up. But. Yes, there's av- evidence that will help for regeneration, but I will say this, Rod, if you haven't paid attention, what you didn't mention is silica or silicon. This is what I mentioned also, I think, yeah, last night I did tell the story of my mom who at one point, this was, gosh, a decade ago or so, that she was being diagnosed uh, with osteopenia, right? She's 89 now, so she must have been like 79 then, I'm guessing, uh, as far as the estimate on when that happened. And, you know, I said, mom, you you know, this is where you need to really ramp up the supplementation of a key mineral that's critical for connective tissue. And we didn't have, we didn't have the knowledge of copper back then that we do today as well. Cause, cause, uh, Rod's doing some good things. We didn't know about cardio miracle, you know, things like that we didn't have, but the one thing that's missing here is the silica. The alta silica is the connective tissue recovery mineral in conjunction with these others we've talked about magnesium, copper, et cetera. But that is a difference maker. And in a matter of weeks, mom was on the loading dose and she was annoyed by it because it was a lot. Three tablets of the Alta Health product silica four times a day, 12 a day that she took at least for a month, maybe even six weeks before six or eight weeks later, uh, she got another bone density scan and the osteopenia reversed. Now, she also took a whole food form of calcium, I believe, that wasn't like a high dose calcium, but it was in a food form, right? Because a lot of the the calcium chelates are, you know, artificial. They're man-made. They're not as they are actually in nature, and they're not utilized the same way. But the uh, silica was key. So, uh, Rod, if you can go on the loading dose of the Alta Silica, you can get that from ChooseToBeHealthy.com, and you can use the code RSB5 uh, to get a little bit of a discount when you get the things we talk about, the 100% whole food stuff we talk about here. A lot of it we get from Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com. And uh, that's as easy as that to add into the mix. If you can get the echo water activated, the hydrogen, which will reduce inflammation, it's like turning your water into a supercharged antioxidant. You're doing a lot of great things, but you can supercharge the accelerated recovery and regeneration. Remember, and you didn't mention zinc, and that's fine because zinc is usually fairly plentiful and copper is critically important for zinc to do proper repair as opposed to inappropriate repair. Uh, So that's a big part of it. Essential fats, of course, reducing inflammation, but copper reduces inflammation systemically. But I would say the key mineral here is 
silica or silicon. Uh, let's see what other antioxidant things I should mention. The uh, yeah, the the uh, botanical blend that's found in the folium products, foliumpx.com. Consider that for any kind of I, I say Chernobyl level radiation. We mentioned yesterday on the show that they were going to release a lot more of, of the Fukushima radiation water into the Pacific Ocean. And yes, I acknowledge the Pacific Ocean is rather large, but you never know when you're going to be exposed and is there some airborne on and on the background levels of radiation that have increased since the atomic age. And so countering that is very, very important. Selenium plays a role there, but also this new, newer thing to our awareness is the folium PX folium PX, the main product and the folium immuno and the folium relax three pronged approach that if you get that, get on that, you could see if you all have hit a wall, any of you have hit a wall and go, God, man, I'm just not getting that next level. Consider foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB 10 to get 10% off. Again, Folium is helping my mom. It's helping G. Edward Griffin. We've talked to a number of doctors and others who have recovered. Remember that woman from Israel that she recovered her, her voice, her singing voice? Nothing else helped her. I mean, it's like you never know when this antioxidant blend is the miracle in that case to help you get to that next level of recovery. So once more, encouraging you to look into that. All right, Super D, what other comments, questions, upcoming events? I know, I know we didn't do the upcoming events today, so we can do that now as well. Um, I'm just noticing it looks like there's some kind of weird thing going on with our broadcast. Rumble was kind of just toast today for some reason. Really? Why would that happen? I don't know. And I'm watching. I, are you guys noticing anything funky with the uh, with the Vision? broadcast today? Is it buffering? Is it? Uh, well, most of the comments I see are coming through Facebook Live. I think. Right. I don't think we get much comments on Twitter. And what about on our homepage at robertscottbell.com slash listen? Yeah, I'm looking at it here, and it looks like the, the video mm -hmm. kind of a little bit wonky. I don't know. You guys let me know. It's freezing, Carol Furman says. It's freezing, huh? All right, how's your uh, upload speed today? Mine is fine, but mine that wouldn't affect it. Okay. Well, it would only affect my video. Gotcha. It wouldn't affect you or anything else because sure. it, comes, it goes through restream. Through a central restream, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, is it something that you would then have to take the restream video and re-upload it to Rumble separate so it's not a corrupted file? Maybe. Okay. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Right. I, I won't know until after we're done. But. Okay. How is your? Uh, how are your plans for the beach this weekend? Uh we're we're pretty much ready to go. We're just okay. counting counting down the days. Uh, when we can take off and go have some fun. Um, we're renting a, a, a beach. Well, it's not a beach house. It's it's like across the street from the beach. Okay. So it's not right on the water. You have how many family going with you on this trip? Uh, my daughter, her fiance, and Riley and Autumn. So it'll be. Oh, it's not a huge crowd. No. But the kids make it a huge crowd. The grandkids do. It's a little bit. They do. But I, well, there, there have they been to the beach before? Do you know? Uh, yes, they have. Okay. Singing the, the wonder on a kid's face when they first hit the beach. I remember when my son, um, we went out for the first time to the West Coast uh, with my when my son was I don't know a couple of years old, and um, we went to the Pacific Ocean, and of course it was cold and invigorating, but. When it hit them, you know, we had held them up right into the waves and they were coming crashing in. 
the eyes got so big. It was like the wonderment of the experience was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You could see that for, you know, that first time experience something in this physical incarnation. It was a really cool thing to witness. It was like, this is cool. This is awesome. So look at that. That's where you're going to be. That's where we're going to be right there. Nice. You got a little foosball and ping pong. It's got like a game, you know, a game room there. And that's like an Airbnb. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty sensational, really. I mean, wow, that's awesome. I'm so glad you guys are going to get to do that. Yeah. So it'll be fun. And then, like I said, it's right across the street. This is uh, in a, a beach uh, area called Yahat, mm-hmm. Oregon. And it's one, probably one of the most, most beautiful places you can, you can go and check out the, the, uh, the Oregon coast. Mm-hmm. So I've been there once before, and uh, it's, it's the ultimate place to go. So Nice. Yeah. Anyway. All right, real quick, upcoming events. Yes. Uh, we are all a go for the Real Solutions for Healthy Living event, a one-day event, all-day event, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., June 24th, 2023, in Loveland, Colorado, at the Ranch Larimer County Fairgrounds and Events Complex. They've sold all, hundreds of tickets, and there are more, a few more to, uh, to go. So if you guys could be there, I'd love to see you. Uh, I'll be hopefully setting up for interviews, but certainly I'll I'll be speaking as well at that event. So that is confirmed now. That's coming up. Naturallyinspiredhealthsummit.com. The RSB Family Union, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. I think uh, Leslie is talking about it on her podcast, Stay at Home Mom or Stay at Home Mom. Uh, And we need to get her on to talk more about it for those that are interested because, you know, we talked about Ben Tapper. coming. She has a new episode. I have not had a chance to get published yet. I'll probably do that tonight. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. And that's a weekend event, Southwest Missouri. Uh, I have the Maho event, Summer Splash in July, uh, 21st through 23rd. The 21st, I'm going to be speaking at Whitaker's Farm Market. I don't have a banner up for that, but if you can look up Whitaker's Farm Market in Ohio, uh, it's a Friday evening event, the 21st of July. And then the rest of the weekend, I'll be in Columbus at the the Hilton in Easton for the Maho Summer Splash event. That's for the health food industry. And uh, nutritionists and things like that industry are welcome as well. Then we have the Red Pill Expo in August, 12th through the 13th uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, that, of course, is going to be amazing. The Cancer Control Society's 48th annual convention is happening Labor Day weekend in Glendale, California, L.A. Basin, Hilton Hotel there in Glendale. And that's sensational. I'm looking forward to that. Then we have the Big Biomed Expo in Las Vegas, September 14th through the 17th, 2023. Uh, there's a simultaneous event. So, And I forget what it's called. It's like Super Don loves this stuff, the UFO kind of contact events kind of thing. So if you're not interested in biomed stuff, then you can always kind of UFOs, dude, it's a, it's a thing, big thing man. man. Big it thing, is man. a thing. Yeah. There's something going on there. Yep. And then we have uh, the eighth annual Your Health Freedom Galen Symposium. That's the uh, 6th and 7th of October. It's the same weekend as a big event for Nutritional Frontiers. We talked to Jamie Dorley about that. I'm going to have to try to figure out if I can be in both places or one or the other. Uh, so that's still developing. But uh, regardless, uh, Kristen Chevrier puts on a great, great event. Uh, Friday evening, big event, and then a, a all-day Saturday event. And that's uh, beginning of September. No, I'm sorry, October, early October. October. And then we have the Health Freedom Expo, of course, October 14th and 15th. And that's uh, connected now to the Trinity Live event, which will be the 12th and 13th, I believe it is. And then the 14th and 15th will be 
the Health Freedom Expo. So if you're a graduate or a current student at Trinity or a healthcare provider of any kind, you're welcome to attend either or both events. And they're, you know, weekend, they're, they're deals right now, for package deals you can check out. Go, and, go to trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com or else trinityschool.org uh, and uh, you can plug into that. Then we have a big event in the desert in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, Wellness Parenting Revolution Summit. Uh, the Warners are putting that on and we've got Dr. Mikovich, uh, we've got uh, Dr. Jack Wilson, got Tracy Slepsevic, um, uh, there's a lot of co- cool folks that are going to be there, good friends. And um, looks like Bobby Kennedy is scheduled there. That could be awesome too. But that's November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And uh, if there's more to add, there will be. Uh, check it out. and Love to see you at one or all of the events. Remember, there's the go ahead. A couple of online events that have been, put, been putting in the uh, newsletters that I need to get up on the thing, but there's okay. the liver and gallbladder uh rescue summit which is coming up very soon here mm-hmm. like this week i believe yeah and then coming up uh uh i think in the next week we've got the psychoenergetic root causes of chronic illness masterclass. that's a mouthful. that's a mouthful yeah yeah that's cool uh, those will be up on that page as well but they they are in the uh the show notes or excuse right. me the newsletter newsletter and thank you all for for signing up for that it's uh we just learned that the uh, uh, the sign up is not as easy as it once was because we remember we said text RSB to two two eight two eight. I did that on the call yesterday at Clubhouse and it wasn't working and you didn't know it and I didn't know it, but apparently that they had to stop that service and they're trying to figure out what way to do it. So please, if you're considering signing up for the newsletter, I wish you would. It's free. Uh, just come to robertscottbell.com. There's actually a pop-up when you come to the show, the site for the first time. You, for the first time in the day, it'll pop up. If not, there's a, a spot over on the right-hand side where you can sign up as well. Mm-hmm. Help us defeat censorship. Stay connected because, you know, they don't want you to know what we know. They don't want us to share it with you. So please uh, help help that. Uh, help us reach you and stay help us. Help us help you. That's right. Um, Diane's asking a question about copper, it looks like. Uh, let's see. Wonder if the copper can be taken with other supplements or best taken alone. Now, um, copper in a dietary source like liver, uh, it's food. So yeah, obviously you can take it with food, but the bioactive copper hydrosol, which is the copper one, copper two form in, in water, I typically take it away from food. So it absorbs right away through the mucous membranes of the mouth, but anywhere in the GI tract can absorb rapidly and be utilized. So I tend to, just like I take the silver on its own, it can be shortly after taking something else. Just have a clean mouth, let it absorb mucosally very rapidly so you get immediate benefit uh, to the Cooper enzyme pathways and all the things that copper does in the body. Uh, So thank you for that question, Diane. Uh, Leslie's heading out to the garden. I think I'll do that a little bit too. It's a little cooler today, but uh, checking out, things are looking good out there. Uh, Any other questions, comments, announcements we forgot today? see anything okay feels like it should be a wednesday today for some reason does it i don't know why just that had that sense that it was like wednesday today but it's not maybe because we're our friday is going to be either a pre-recorded or an encore because you're heading to the beach right but we did get uh connected to someone for sunday's conversations that sounds like it's really good i think kevin connected us with that oh you know what i wanted to show I don't know if you have access to this because I didn't pre prepare this for you, but there's a, uh, the, the sovereign silver gel it's being repackaged and repurposed in a sense. It's still the same great formula, uh, but more as a healing gel. 
and they found a way to put it in in more like a tube, like a toothpaste tube. So because people would complain, you know, I I like it in the glass for all the reasons I like it in glass. But at the bottom, oh, you have that. Look at you. You're so good. Wow. Dude, isn't that great? So <laughs> the natural healing gel in one and two ounce size is now available. And uh, you can pre-order now and get a free gift. This is a deal. Oh, now, okay. I have not gotten the correct link from Tatiana yet. Okay. On on to this offer. You can go mm. and buy the gel, but I don't see it on the website when I go to look at silver gel yeah. as being in this form. Right. Or, or this. I think this, it's a pre-order kind of thing, right? Right, now, but I, I haven't got the, uh, as soon as I have the link so that you guys can get the special deal, yeah. I will be putting it out there for you. Nice. And so some people would say, I can't, <clears throat> excuse me. I can't get to the bottom of the <laughs> glass to get it all out. <laughs> you know what? That That's a real deal. That's a real thing. Cause you know, and I'm sure you, I don't have to tell you you're the silver dude, mm. but uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, it gets down to the bottom and you're like tapping it on the yep. thing, trying to, you know, get it down right. there. And, you know, I so suppose you can reach in there with a Q-tip or something and get yeah. it if you needed to, but yeah, I used whatever means to get it all out, but now it should be easier. Uh, to use that gel. So that's that's a heads up new thing that's happening from Sovereign Silver and Argent 23. Very cool. Cool. Uh, let's see. Anything else? That was it. I think that's what I wanted to remi- remind everybody or or introduce for the first time. So especially if you're a health food store, you know, and we, I know we have a lot of natural products retailers out there. Uh, even, um, oh, choose to be healthy, you know, gets it uh, at, at Sovereign Silver and, and resells it. So uh, make sure you get on that pre-order list to get a discount as well. And, uh, anyway, we'll get more updates on that as we go. All right. So, all right. I got to do a copper training in an hour, so I'm going to head out, take a break and uh, be yeah. back. And thank you all for being here once again. Welcome everybody from the clubhouse, uh, for Dr. Batar's advanced medicine that continues on. I appreciate that. That's still going on. Anything I can do to help. I'll be there. Just let me know. But, uh, it was a good, good session last night. Great. A lot of great questions as well. So thank you. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully without the uh, technical glitches. I don't yeah. know what's going on. It's got to be something to do with Rumble. Yeah. Or, well, not Rumble, out, but, like I said, if you know. if you need to reload for Rumble, I know that we've got a lot of people that are signing up all the time for a Rumble page, which yep. is great because, you know, I had to replace YouTube because YouTube just sucks the eggs. They're so so afraid of it, real information. So we appreciate Rumble. So hopefully we get it get it corrected. All right, guys, have a good afternoon, and we will see you tomorrow.